Podmortem would like to thank Original Cinematic for sponsoring this week's episode. Original Cinematic is a production company that has made it their mission to create, produce, and promote films that are inclusive, honor women, promote the LGBTQIA community, and provide prominent positions and roles to POC actors and filmmakers and promote the films of marginalized and underrepresented populations. These are all things that are extremely important to our podcast as well. Original Cinematic is proud to be a WGA signatory company, and they fully stand by the WGA and its members and their fight for extremely reasonable standards. Accordingly, they're not accepting scripts or treatment submissions at this time, but both William and Zena Rush are available via email free of charge to discuss writing and provide input and resources to all aspiring writers. Their information will be made available in the show notes. Ahead of the strike, William Rush has individually produced numerous projects, including Coffee with Baba, Day by Day, They Slay, Before, Pack is Here, Abiquue, The Winemaker, and Where Do You Draw the Line? Two feature films, Group and Immersion, are slated for release this fall. Absolutely no picket lines will be crossed and no collective bargaining agreements will be violated in the making of either of these films. And very generously, Original Cinematic is providing all Podmortem patrons with a special link to view these films. If arrangements can be made, they will even schedule a virtual or in-person screening for our patrons. We cannot thank Original Cinematic enough for their contribution to our show and the horror community as a whole. Now, back to our regularly scheduled program. Salutations! Welcome to Pod Mortem. I'm Travis Hunter, joined as always by my co-host, my sister, and my brother-in-law. Hi, Renee Hunter Vasquez. Hi, I'm John Paul Vasquez. This week, we're broadcasting live from 1428 Elm, discussing the 1985 supernatural slasher sequel, A Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2, Freddy's Revenge. This film was directed by Jack Shoulder from a screenplay by David Chaskin, based on characters created by Wes Craven. A Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2 assembles a new cast of characters in a familiar location to face off against the iconic Freddy Krueger. Though the film received mixed reviews from critics, it would go on to make ten times its budget at the box office and, partially due to the film's subtext, would achieve the status of a cult classic. This film was recommended to us by friends of the show Heather Dempsey, Gary Horton, Itsy M, Blaine Hancock, Eggy, Smelly Poopoo Head, and Jasmine. We'd like to thank each and every one of them for their continued support, as well as this suggestion. So, A Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2, Freddy's Revenge. What were your first impressions on the film? I remember watching this movie really young, and uh, I did enjoy it then, but I didn't fully understand what you know everything in the movie. Uh, I was super small, and I was just like, oh, it's fucking Freddy. <laughs> watching it now, I do see a lot of the... Uh, Freddy is it is Freddy, but he's like he's doing some other shit. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> he's got uh, some new abilities, I guess. Or that's one way to put yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but I really enjoyed the shit out of this movie. I remember always liking Freddy, and I will say that I think I will defend Freddy uh, just like you do. I'm like, 
Uh, <laughs> oh, so you got a you got a punch card? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah Freddie punch cards. <laughs> because he, there there is a lot of out of the norm what he does. What the lore we know of Freddie. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, we'll get into that because <laughs> yeah. he does a lot. Yes. Um, I did not really remember this one at all. I'm sure that we watched it when we were younger, but it did not. I didn't remember it. Mm-hmm. I know that a lot of people don't like it. And so I'm thinking this came out what the year after. Yeah. And so I'm like, this is a rushed, you know, it's Freddie. Let's capitalize on this. You know what I mean? When they do a sequel too fast. Yeah. That's kind of what I was going into this thinking that it might be. So I was pleasantly surprised for the most part. I had a lot of fun. There is some rule breaking, which I'm like, this is the second (laughs) film. Why are you breaking rules already? (laughs) So I, I didn't like that aspect. But for the most part, if you are able to kind of divorce yourself from what they've <laughs> introduced Freddie to be in the one <laughs> in the one film prior. Um it's don't think too much about it and it's it's a good time. I'm not gonna say that I I loved that aspect of it. The fact that, you know, I'm like and how exactly, <laughs> how exactly are you doing this? It's like just don't ask questions and just enjoy what you're seeing and it's fine. Um, so in that regard, it was pretty much a fresh watch for me. And I did have a good time. There were a couple of things that I was sure that one thing was happening, but it wasn't You're like, well, we'll get to it when we get to it. But All right. it threw me for a loop a few times. It was confusing a few times. Um, but I did kind of as a double feature watch this with Scream Queen, My Nightmare on Elm Street. Right. Um, the documentary about Mark Patton, which is incredible. If you haven't seen it. I can't recommend it enough. Um, I love him now. I will fight to the death for him. Yeah. Um, yeah. But we can kind of get into that in a minute. But that did give me kind of more of an appreciation for the film itself. Not for everyone that had a hand in the film, mm-hmm. but for the film itself. Right. And again, um, I will ride into battle for Mark Patton at this point. <laughs> <laughs> That 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 is one thing that uh, I did. I wasn't aware of that as how many people disliked this movie. Yeah, yeah. I I enjoyed the shit out of this movie. I feel like it's it's getting its flowers now. Yeah, but yeah, from my understanding, obviously, I was not on this earth when it came out. Yeah, but if people were not happy, a I lot was, of people weren't happy. I was very small. <laughs> <Yeah>. You were <laughs> one. Yes. <laughs> the um, I know reading some critical reviews and stuff like it really was a lot of people compared it to the first one Mm -hmm. very negatively yeah and i think and for me i think that's kind of where my relationship with the film came from as well Mm -hmm. i did not watch this and if we did watch it as kids it's not one that stuck to me not at all but my relationship with this film is very very similar to way to the way that people regard halloween 3 okay people almost say skip right to dream warriors yeah and i'm like but why Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's been one that I've been wanting to rewatch or watch for the first time for a while. Uh huh. And um, I did the exact same thing a few years ago. The first time I ever watched this, I did a double feature with Scream Queen, the documentary. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it really does. You you see so much, and you are so um, honestly emotionally affected for yes. the story of Mark Patton. Yes, right. very much. And we will talk about that. But um, watching it for the first time in that context Mm -hmm. and honestly you know what even divorced from that context and just watching it as a horror film just period yeah 
you really don't understand where all the negativity is coming from. Yeah. Not at all. It's a perfectly serviceable slasher sequel from the 80s. I don't yeah. really get all the hate that it gets. Mm-hmm. I will say, um, as you've hinted at Freddy's new abilities. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and I think that's one thing that I loved, <laughs> I loved so much about A Nightmare on Elm Street is that um, not only is the story and the lore very interesting, right. the rules are well established. Yeah. <laughs> they are. <laughs> it's like, oh, you've learned some new tricks. Yeah, it's like never sleep Love again yeah. is very important. But now it's like, well, you can sleep. You cannot <laughs> sleep. If you close your eyes. If you close your eyes. Yeah. Yeah, if you blink, I'm fucking, I'm here. <laughs> so there's a lot of, there's a lot to talk about in that regard especially one scene that is wild (laughs) and um to what i saw in an interview from wes craven was one of the major reasons why he wanted nothing to do with it i read that i know exactly what you're talking about it was that and one other thing that he was like this is silly he was like i'm not doing this and that that scene is silly i don't mean that i don't mean to laugh yes but i was like what what is happening it's like this is a dream isn't it it has to be it has to be i was in yeah i was in a constant state of oh we're certainly in a dream Oh, we're not. Yeah. Like that and happened a, a yeah. lot. To be fair, I think that's one of the major draws for me of A Nightmare on Elm Street mm-hmm. is these dream sequences of non-reality. Right. Yeah. Weird shit happening. And you don't really get that here. No. There, There's some cool visuals, especially one in a bedroom. Yes. Um, But, and it kind of hints at one of the cooler visuals from the first movie in an interesting way. Right. Okay. But um, you don't get... uh a body bag being dragged through a hall. No. no. These iconic images that kind of stick to your bones. But I mean, it, there, it, there, it is very interesting in its own way. Right. So it's not one to discount like people have. Yeah, I wouldn't. I, I would even say that. The, and, and I was thinking about that too. You saying that I almost thought you were going to say Halloween too, oh, okay. because of the brother sister angle. Nobody liked mm. that. That's true too. But I and that loved, wig. I loved Halloween too. I thought Michael <laughs> Myers was fine. It had the synth and he was dancing. He was stabbing fine. people and it was great. <laughs> it was the wig. I don't remember him dancing, but <laughs> <laughs> I seen it right. <laughs> but no, this and that's crazy because yeah, this movie is fine. Yeah, even whatever the movie's great, and I enjoyed the shit out of this movie. I did want to talk a little bit about the production. I watched a segment of Never Sleep Again, which is like a seven-hour documentary. Yeah. It's Whew. a lot. Um, I didn't watch all that. I just put... <laughs> <laughs> the piece. Yes, yeah. the piece that was necessary. <laughs> um, from what I understand, the producers were not expecting an I'm on Elm Street to be as big of a hit as it was. Right. And as soon as it was, they kind of realized that they needed to capitalize on it. And the reason for that is because Bob Shea at New Line Cinema, mm-hmm. he apparently sold off so many of the rights of the film to get the first film made that whenever it came time to reap the profits of the first film, oh. what was left for New Line and Bob Shea personally was not much at all. And so A Nightmare on Elm Street Part Two was kind of their way to come away from the first film and actually make a profit from their film. So that makes so much sense, even looking at the ending of the first film. Yeah. Because that's not what Wes Craven wanted. No. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I thought he didn't want to make, I thought this was he it. Didn't. He didn't. He didn't want to make anymore after And that. that's the thing as well, because they 
didn't even really approach Wes Craven to have anything Oof. to do with this <laughs> because he expressed very clearly that this is not a franchise. Right. He did not want any part of that. Wow. And it turned, I mean, it's a huge franchise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and one of the biggest. In all yeah. fairness, didn't he come back for Dream Warriors to well, help? You know. Yeah. He did. I think he helped with the story or something. <laughs> but even but, but it's like if you're gonna do it, yeah. Let, let me help. You. Let me drive. But you're telling me the way you ended the first movie, you didn't expect us to think there was gonna be more. He didn't want to end it that way. Yeah, that was Bob Shea's idea. Yeah, really? he yeah. I, I love that. He wanted <laughs> a hopeful that. ending where everything worked out and everybody was fine, and they were like, no, 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 mm-hmm. I don't want snatch that, that bitch through no, the yeah. window, snatch, snatch that doll through a window. <laughs> <laughs> um, but <laughs> he did see the script though uh-huh. because I think that if he created all these characters right. so they have to work with them in some capacity and when he read the script he decided even more that he wants absolutely nothing to do with it Yeah, for the reasons we'll get into in a little bit mm-hmm. Yeah, um, because in all fairness and his his reasoning behind two of those reasons is are, they're perfectly valid Yeah, <laughs> especially a certain party <laughs> <laughs> which I have stated, I think, let me, yes, I said it was fucking wild. Yeah. <laughs> but what happened was Chaskin, who is the screenwriter, mm-hmm. he actually worked in distribution for New Line Cinema. Okay. And then Shoulder was a friend of Bob Shea's who made trailers for New Line Cinema. Right. He actually, I think he made their first financed film. I think it was called Alone in the Dark and he directed it. Oh, man. What was that, 82? I think so, yeah. Man, that game sucked. Well, <laughs> <laughs> later. Not the movie. Not yeah, later. later on, later on. That In video the future. Game, yeah. Of the same title. Yes. <laughs> but and to me, I, I thought it was very interesting as well that they would be selected. It seems a lot of uh, a matter of proximity. Right. Um, which, I mean, you know, sometimes it's all about location and where you are. Right, yeah. right. And it dictates the opportunities that are presented to you. Mm-hmm. I will say, um, surprised me, Heather Langenkamp was not approached at all. That is yeah. wild. I read in an article in Vanity that she said that they, she even asked her agent, they were like, nobody got a hold of us or said anything about this. So strange. Yeah, I don't, why? There And honestly, there comes a point in this film that it would be perfect for her to make an appearance. Yeah. Like, there and they it's too much (laughs) 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 frankly um but and they again they were kind of given mixed reviews by the critics Mm -hmm. the critics that liked it liked it but the critics that hated it fucking hated this movie and so whenever they got that back it was obviously kind of disheartening but then they see in the first weekend that it opens three times what the original opened yeah damn and so he's you know known now yeah. yeah When it makes, I think the first weekend of Nightmare on Elm Street was like 1.3 million. And then this was almost four, I think, on its opening weekend. Yeah. Damn. And so that demonstrated even more the franchise potential of A Nightmare on Elm Street. And I mean, the rest is uh, history. Yeah. Yeah. But one thing we definitely need to address about this film is a lot of the things that we learned from that documentary. Oh, yeah. yeah. I definitely wanted to kind of highlight Mark Patton and his story Mm -hmm. Um, and just the trajectory of his career when he came to this film because it is wild in 82 he did come back to the five and dime Jimmy Dean Jimmy Dean Mm -hmm. on Broadway and then in the film that they made with Cher and Karen Black and Kathy Bates wow that was before this and then he had said in the documentary that he and his partner lived next to Madonna in their mansion like he he was a rising star Mm -hmm. but then he did this and um 
they say that he was the first Scream King, which is very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, in the documentary, Peaches Christ had some really interesting things to say about that, but we can let's let's get there in a second. All right, um, you said what now? Peaches Christ, the drag queen. Oh, I was like, <laughs> that's an interesting name. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it was when, again, like this film wasn't highly regarded by a lot of people. Uh-huh. Um, and when people started commenting on the gay and queer subtext of it, the writer, David Chaskin, said that he didn't intend for any of that. It was the casting that was the issue. He said that Mark Patton, which I don't even believe he was out at this time, said that he was, quote unquote, so gay that it ruined what he was doing, what the film was supposed to be. Just infuriating that he would say something like that. It's really, really fucking disgusting. And so um, Mark Patton said that that was, you know, I'm sure the driving reason, um, he said one of the the biggest reasons that he left, he moved to Mexico mm-hmm. and just wasn't in the industry anymore at all. Jeez. And um, they, it wasn't until they were doing Never Sleep Again mm-hmm. that they hired a PI to find him <laughs> because he shit. dropped off the, fu- like he didn't want anything to do with anything because of this. Right. And um, it was around this time that this film was finally kind of getting it's flowers for, you know, being an iconically queer film. Mm-hmm. That's when David Chaskin is like, oh, no, yeah. Yeah, I meant that. It was just more interesting to say that it's not there. Um, but, yeah, I did mean that. And it, then he went on to say some really fucking disgusting shit about the messaging that he meant. Well, the thing that I saw on Never Sleep Again, he completely had recanted his bullshit statement that he had made in the past. Yeah. yeah. And he was like, oh, this was always the intention. But then I read another interview from him where a lot of the shit that he said was just really just homophobic. Incre- incredibly yeah, that's homophobic. That's not cool. And yeah. it honestly, I mean, when you when you look at it through the lens that he is claiming to have wrote it, yeah. the character arc of Jesse is pretty fucking homophobic. It's very yeah. much. And to hear him tell it, finally admitting, oh, yeah, that's what I meant. That's what he said he was going for. Well, he fucking sucks. And so Mark Patton, it, he is... Um, he does a lot of the cons. He's mm-hmm. in the circuits a lot. And it was really sweet because he was like, these people wait, like they may meet, they might meet you once in their lives. He was like, you need to be on, you need to be happy. You need to be grateful because they're going to carry this with them forever. I was like, <laughs> but you know, because you hear stories about people being dicks and it's yeah. like, why do you yeah. even do these then? I will say, uh, Mark Patton just seems like the greatest guy. Yes. I did read that a lot of his, uh, money that he makes from the conventions he donates to the trevor project oh nice like just the nicest guy he's incredible but they were doing one of the cons during scream queen and a lot of people came except david chaskin <laughs> and he was basically like look he didn't come because i'm here yeah and so they all met up and they were talking and he was saying rightfully so how angry he was about what he said and what he did and how it really changed the trajectory of his life and it did and so um shoulder the director Director. Mm -hmm. met up with him and was like look i think you really just need to let this go like he was not trying to hurt you you know da 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 and mark Patton was like no like but he did though and and what he said was harmful because of a b and c like he stood his ground and in the documentary he finally does get to have a sit down with him and for me it felt like a very half-assed well i'm sorry if that hurt you apology but 
He seemed to get closure from it. Um, but he did confront him, and he was like, what you said was homophobic. Yeah, well, yeah. fuck that Carol Baskins guy, or what's his last name? Chaskin. Chaskin. <laughs> Whatever, fuck that guy. <laughs> no, I was a few, like, I was furious. Yeah. Like, I was like, the documentary was like an hour 40, something like that, and I was like, I'm going to watch this in pieces because I had a lot of stuff to do. I could not turn it off. Like, I, I sat and watched the entire thing. Um but even now, like I said, he's extremely active in the con circuits. He's a gay rights activist. He is a motivational speaker representing and fighting for people with HIV. He does horror comedy shows like he is doing the damn thing. Everything that he was put through by the industry. And he was talking about when you Google his name, that's what comes up. Mm -hmm. Like his his work being an activist and stuff that and he took so much pride in that because it was very mean and disgusting things that would come up before when he would google himself right so i mean i i love him i will fight for him and david chaskin should be fucking ashamed of himself yeah i i'll say that with my whole fucking chest (laughs) it's 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 wild i just i think especially with that documentary it was very very inspiring to see mark Patton be able to rewrite this chapter in his life yes Mm -hmm. and <laughs> Fuck David Chaskin forever. I mean, no, literally, yeah. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> like it, like they had said at the beginning that he changed the conversation. So I thought, like Don Draper, when he's like, when you don't like what's being said, change, change the, the conversation. conversation. And he did, like yeah. he did, and I'm just so proud of him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, before we kill for this film, we would like to issue a warning for spoilers. Pod Mortem is a very in-depth podcast, and in thoroughly discussing horror films, we have no choice but to spoil a thing or two. If you don't wish to be spoiled. Please go watch the film, then come back and enjoy the show. If you've already seen the film or don't care about spoilers, let's try to stay awake. Now, this film relies heavily on having already seen A Nightmare on Elm Street. If you haven't, we suggest you go watch it or go listen to episode 35 of our show as a refresher. So the film begins on a suburban street. In the distance, we see a school bus making a left turn onto the street and continuing down the road. Eerie music plays over the opening credits, and slashed into the screen, we get the title, A Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2, Freddy's Revenge. Now, the font of this. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I literally have in my notes, I feel like that was a very interesting font for the subtitle. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Like, well, Freddy's a robot in this one. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Is this Terminator? What are we watching? (laughs) (laughs) It's very 80s. Um... And honestly, the subtitle alone really isn't necessary. No. Because I, I don't, I have a theory in the last like one minute of the film, <laughs> but I don't really have, I don't really know what his revenge <laughs> Not the last one. Is. <laughs> one minute. Well, because I had to find something. It's like, yeah. oh, now the title makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. This is, okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. <laughs> but the bus driver, played by Robert England pulls the bus to a stop at the curb, letting out a few students and saluting them goodbye after they offer him a see ya. Now, I'm pretty sure this is a brand new character. Yeah, no, it'll be fine. His face, outfit, and demeanor will not change. Not at all, no. no. this is regular Freddy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I spotted him immediately. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's funny because now it's very easy to do, but I guarantee at the time people had no idea. Yeah. Oh. But the driver closes the door and pulls away. Inside the bus, through a few uncredited teens and a couple of girls played by Joanne Willett and Allison Barron, we find Jesse Walsh played by Mark Patton. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> As we've explained. Um, now, I will apologize if I accidentally say Mike Patton at all throughout this scripting process. Their names are very close. They are very yeah. close. And I have said the name Mike Patton way more in my life. <laughs> but I did want to say that Mark Patton auditioned for this film um, 
on that Never Sleep Again documentary, Shoulder talked about all the people that had auditioned before him. Mm-hmm. And they weren't given the part because of how much Shoulder liked Mark Patton's performance. Right. But these people, I had a couple that auditioned. One of them was Christian Slater. Yeah. <laughs> oh. And the other one was Brad Pitt. Yeah, that would have been a whole different movie. Completely. Yeah, yeah, it would have. Yeah, I I also read that John Stamos really wanted to do this, and they wanted Michael J. Fox. Okay, but he was busy doing other movies, and that this, I really enjoy them picking him for this. Yeah, because he, he makes whatever dude wants to bullshit. He wants to say he is great for this role yes. and in this movie. If this was John Stamos, totally different. Totally different. And in all fairness, I think that Mark Patton brings such a varied performance to the role. Yeah. He does everything that is asked of him. Yes. That is needed. The fear in this man's face. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, the calmer, funnier moments. Yeah. Uh, there's one moment that's he <laughs> has a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I just think he's great. Yeah. Hell yeah. And doesn't that speak to how talented he is? Yes. That all those people and it was like no you yeah you know yeah. what i mean i that's mean that's wild but jesse sits nervously hunched and alone in his bus seat the bus makes another stop letting off five more teenagers and jesse looks a little uneasy as nearly everyone else on the bus lines up in the aisle in anticipation for the next stop as the bus pulls over to the curb we see riding on the side of it that says springwood independent school district remember when first of all springwood yes yeah remember when uh Back in the day, like you would get in trouble if you were standing when, like, oh, waiting for yeah. your stop. Yeah. <laughs> Not. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you can't do that. Your kids better sit down. Yeah. <laughs> this is also the name of the town in Alone in the Dark. Is it really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, so it's a little. Yeah. That's cool. That is cool. If I'm not mistaken, I read somewhere that Springwood came about later like right. it wasn't from the original not at all because they didn't mention the name of the location where they were in the original they they made it or they brought it up for this movie that's wild yeah they were in every town usa right <laughs> maybe freddie lives next door to right. you <laughs> <laughs> but the bus pulls away and the only people left on the bus are the people with credits jesse <laughs> and the two girls but they immediately start talking shit about Jesse, one of them saying, oh, no, look behind us. Why? He's literally minding his own business. Yeah. I don't know. And I was like, y'all are assholes. I will say it's funny to me because the Jesse's demeanor and the way that he's dressed in this scene, never Does again. Not- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> never again and it's clear that either they went through some rewrites or something yeah because it this, doesn't match at no all. he kind of has a um uh christine cunningham situation yeah going okay. on Is yeah it archie cunningham yes. okay. yeah yeah he kind of has that kind of uh vibe right right and that's not even how he is when he <laughs> not a, well i can't say what no, happens yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Cause it's very important to, to think that this is real <laughs> Don't blow this for us, Gene. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. But at this moment, Jesse begins fiddling with his window, but he's unable to open it. (laughs) In my head, he was was being like, they were talking shit for a second. He's like, fuck this. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to jump out of the window. (laughs) (laughs) But the girls just laugh at him when he can't pull the window down. They sarcastically argue over which one of them is Jesse's girlfriend before getting their belongings together to get off at the next stop. Why can't I find a woman like that? Wait, right Jesse's girlfriend? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Hey, I, mean, I couldn't let it go by. Yeah. 
<laughs> I respect that. But from the upcoming bus stop, we watch as the bus just speeds right by. The girls call out to the driver, telling him that he missed their stop, but he doesn't answer, and we watch as the bus, its engine smoking, drives right off the road and into a field. I'm opening that emergency door in the back, and I'm rolling out like fucking ludicrous. <laughs> if if I, he couldn't get the window open, he's not going to no, get the door. No, then, it's, <laughs> yeah, no. I'm trying, at least. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just, I, why can't you, you missed our stop. It's like, no, dude, get the <laughs> fuck out of there. In all honesty, I remember riding the bus as a teenager, uh-huh. and I would have loved some shit like that. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, I didn't want to go to school. Take me off road. They're off road. <laughs> yeah, dude. They're not going to school. They're going home. Oh, then take me yeah. home. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, we don't have time for off roading. That's tomorrow. <laughs> On the way to school. Yes. But the bus bounces up and down, obviously not prepared for this kind of a field trip. And the girls ask worriedly what's going on and where they're going. Jesse looks on silently as smoke rises from the dashboard. The girls continue screaming at the driver and we see a familiar glove with a metal backplate and knives for fingers reach down and shift gears. It's Freddy Freddy now. Well, maybe. Yeah. Put his uniform on. Yeah. <laughs> He's just like, you guys understand. Right. <laughs> we don't need to keep this up anymore. Yeah. I don't need to look like Robert England anymore. Yeah. <laughs> but the bus continues down a dirt path, lightning added in post, striking in a distance. <laughs> Jesse's face is full of fear now as the girls scream for the driver to stop. And in a shot through the windshield, we see that the driver is now wearing a very familiar hat. But the bus continues on, kicking up dust, ripping through branches and catching air before screeching to a stop. Jesse bangs on his window in another failed attempt to open it as the girls cry and ask each other if the driver might be dead. <laughs> well he stopped he so. did. they're like because he's really intent on yeah. driving and so if he stopped it must be he's probably dead something's yeah. gone wrong <laughs> <laughs> but outside the window the ground opens up dirt and rock crumbling inward and creating a chasm jesse watches out of the window as the chasm deepens just under the bus The girls try their window as smoke and lights surround the bus, but before they can open it, the balance of the bus shifts, causing them to tumble over each other into their seat. From below, we watch as rocks tumble dozens of feet down into a widening hole, dust rising as they cascade downward. Jesse bangs on his window in a futile gesture, as in a wide shot, we see the bus balanced precariously on two thin columns of rock. I love the fuck out of this. Absolutely. Yeah. This this is why I watch or I want to see in a Freddy movie. This is what I want to see. Yes. This is fucking wild. Like this, a, a nightmare. Yeah. That's yes. exactly what this is. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, you know, it's a model or whatever. Yeah. And that doesn't matter. No. It looks great. You oh, mean yeah. that wasn't a real bus on that? Nay, that this is <laughs> Champ Gordy. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> I knew this one was a model. <laughs> I don't know. You knew a CGI. I, <laughs> I know in the interior of the bus they did have hydraulics that were kind of like jerking them around. Okay, okay. Um, but that it's a model. It's the the precariousness of it. It is like yeah. it kind of makes your stomach hurt. Yeah. But lightning strikes the bus for good measure. Of as course. They're not going through enough. <laughs> But his face against the window and bathed in red light, Jesse begins to cry. One of the girls asks, what's that? And we see the driver lurch up, facing them in the aisle. Donning his signature striped sweater, we see that the driver is, in fact, Freddy Krueger, 
Played by Robert England. What? Yeah, it's Fred Krueger, mom. <laughs> 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 he's back. See, this is revenge. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. yeah. Well, this then is he's the like, yeah, he's yeah. like, wait, you're not the kids from the. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who the fuck are you? I don't know who the hell you are. <laughs> But Freddy chuckles sadistically at the girls as they scream, and they stand in the aisle with Jesse making their way to the back exit. This causes a shift in the balance of the bus, and we see one of the rock pillars crumble to nothing, leaving the bus rocking, balancing dangerously on only one pillar now. Yeah, what do we do now? You die. You die. <laughs> Just accept, accept it. Freddy drags the blades of his glove over the leather seats as he makes his way down the aisle towards the teenagers. They continue to scream, falling over each other into the furthest seat at the back of the bus. Freddy raises his glove, scraping it against the metal roof of the bus with an unsettling screech. But just as he screams and brings his glove down to slash them, we cut to a tight shot of a tomato being sliced on a cutting board in a brightly lit kitchen. Cheryl Walsh, Jesse's mother, played by Hope Lang, brings fresh tomato slices to the dining room table where Ken Walsh, Jesse's father, played by Clue Gulager. Clue Gulager! <laughs> yeah, I was like, we just talked about yeah. that. <laughs> he sits reading the newspaper and Angela, their young daughter and Jesse's little sister, played by Christine Clark, drinks a glass of orange juice. The calm morning of the Walsh family's breakfast is interrupted when they hear Jesse scream from upstairs, having just woken up from a nightmare. So I just want to say top tear scream yes oh yeah it is an excellent scream it's blood curdling it, it goes on for like five minutes <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, why is no one is he like their rooster like everybody's acting like well he's like pouring juice he's late because they're already awake yeah, yeah. That's true. <laughs> we'll let the rooster sleep yeah. <laughs> like well jesse's up so yeah. <laughs> but very annoyed angela asks her mother why jesse can't just wake up like everybody else god what the <laughs> so, fuck that to me implies a history right so okay that's my that is a question that i have as well is no reaction to this horrifying scream Mm -mm. so you're making it sound like this is just something that jesse does yeah he has these nightmares Mm -hmm. but we've just gotten here to this place that we've just moved into right that still isn't completely unpacked yeah so has he been doing it since we got here or has jesse <laughs> always been like i don't know do we know how long that they've been here at this point they're still unpacked well in all fairness it would have i mean to they're be... still packed <laughs> no yeah well they well, seem unpacked. He's, yeah he's still say, packed jesse's still yeah. unpacked <laughs> yeah so i mean it could be a few weeks because what we hear his father say in a minute yeah, yeah. he's like fuck i'm sick of it yeah <laughs> <laughs> it stops today but cheryl just tells angela that her brother is all right he just had a bad dream we cut to jesse sitting up in bed covered in sweat and breathing heavily i was gonna say my dude is sweat yeah. i don't know how he was sleeping <laughs> dude i need the room temperature oh god i can't no yeah i'll feel sick full blast fan mm-hmm. i was gonna say at least a fan yeah you need, at least need a fan by your bed you're doing it wrong if you're covered in sweat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's terror sweat. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. Fair point. But his clock ticks noisily in the background and the alarm begins to ring. He breathes a sigh of relief to be back in the waking world and shuts it off. He rolls out of bed, putting his head in his hands before standing up and tripping over partially unpacked boxes that litter his entire floor. After a tight shot of sunny side up eggs in the kitchen, Cheryl removes them from the pan and places them on her husband's plate. <laughs> he goes, ooh, looks good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that made me laugh really hard. <laughs> 
But Jesse heads downstairs, fully dressed, with his backpack slung over his shoulder and carrying two empty boxes. His father rejoices at this sight, and his mother greets him warmly. Hey, family, thanks for checking on me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't just die or yeah. anything. I'm okay. <laughs> no big yeah. deal. As he heads to the refrigerator for a glass of milk, his father tells him that he wants his room unpacked by tonight, which Jesse promises to do. Ken turns away from the Wall Street Journal to tell his son that he doesn't want any more promises. He wants that room cleaned up. Damn. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm sure he's told him quite a few times. (laughs) Jesse looks very annoyed, assuring his father that he'll get on it today. As Jesse sits down at the table, he scolds his sister for trying to pour him some cereal. So the cereal is called Fu Man Chews, like chews, like with your teeth. Mm -hmm. It really is like something out of The Simpsons. Yeah. Yeah. It was like uh, Agatha Crispies. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but Angela digs in the box, telling her mother that she's trying to get the Fu Man fingers from the bottom. I was like, get your fucking yeah. arm out of that box. Oh, man. I remember Jackson did that one day. Really? I thought he wanted cereal. And he's like, no, I want that. Went to the grocery store. You know, we got groceries and all that. I came home. And then this fool just opened the box. I'm like, what are you doing? Oh, I'm just trying to get the thing at the bottom. Oh. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> I was like, oh, man. These are to eat. Yes. <laughs> Wait, so it's out. Is it outside the bag or inside the bag? It's outside the bag. Okay. Now. Yeah, now. But it she, is. I don't know. She was digging in that box. She was, yeah. she was just fucking throwing cereal yeah. in the <laughs> I need these fingers. <laughs> But Cheryl asks Jesse if he'd like some eggs for breakfast, but he says he doesn't. She asks if he's okay, and he tells her that it's just really hot upstairs and that he's having a lot of trouble sleeping. Cheryl says that she knows and tells her husband to get someone to come look at their air conditioning. Ken, however, says that there isn't a problem that a little Freon won't fix. But meanwhile, Angela finds the fingers at the bottom of the box, popping them on. Jesse asks if his father is really trying to fix something again. I guess he has a history with it. (laughs) And Ken just smiles and says, no one likes a smartass, buddy boy. Um, I like a smartass. <laughs> uh, so my thing, and I, I obviously they're not in Texas. Right. But if something's wrong with the AC and that is not your number one priority until Ooh. we get this fixed, I don't know if this is going to work out. Yeah. <laughs> Are you saying divorce or? Well, I yeah. might be. <laughs> a little Freon. So you're getting the Freon today? So like, I can't. I can't. You've already bought it, you're saying? And then it's something that the, the <laughs> thermostat reads later. Oh, in the my yeah. God. If you're okay with that, There's... I don't think we're compatible. <laughs> Are you a lizard? Yeah. No. <laughs> Are you a lizard person? <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> But Jesse smiles at his father's remark, but Angela shows off her Fu Man fingers, red and pointed at each tip, which Hmm. seems to remind Jesse of something as his smile disappears. Your cereal toy is triggering me. Yeah. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Like, freshly. He just woke up from this. Now, and I will say that little things like this, I like a lot. Oh, yeah. yeah. Because it's a little subtle hint. And then it's very sad because Jesse was like, ooh, glad that's over. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he comes like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, like from your dream <laughs> <laughs> but the doorbell rings and jesse tells his family that it's lisa and that he has to go to school ken is like "Ooh, it's lisa he asks his wife who lisa is and she just tells him to eat his eggs but jesse heads to the front door fixing his collar and opening it to find lisa weber played by kim myers I recognized her from Seinfeld. Seinfeld. Mm-hmm. And also because she looks exactly like Meryl Streep. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and 
and they did talk about that yeah really yeah on never sleep again they had said that they cast her on her talent alone but then the producer also acknowledged her resemblance to meryl street she yeah could, she could be her daughter like she it's it's wild well that was that was the comment i made to your sister when she had came in and i was watching and i was like so we gonna talk about Meryl Streep's niece, or <laughs> it's uncanny. Yeah. Also, she does the thing where you ring the doorbell oh. and then you turn around and then they open the door and you're like, <gasps> and yeah. you turn back around to face them. It's like, girl, you rang that doorbell. Yeah. You knew. I will say that it's it's such a cliche that's so funny to us that I've started doing yeah, it. Yeah, you do it all the time now. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I didn't see you there. You're like, you rang the doorbell. <laughs> you came over here. <laughs> I did also want to say that the door that Jesse opens, while it is a different color. It's very familiar for eagle-eyed viewers. Right. Because they haven't given anything away just yet. Oh, true. But it's very interesting to me because they literally have the same exact door. Yeah. Hmm. But we cut to the two of them seated in Jesse's car with a missing radio and loose wires. Jesse flips a switch and pushes a button to start it. And Lisa asks if he ever uses a key, worrying that someone could steal his car. But Jesse just laughs it off, calling his car the deadly dinosaur and Lisa chuckles with him as they pull away, black smoke burping from the exhaust pipe. I wondered if this is one of his dad's projects or something, because mm -hmm. the way that he was talking shit earlier. And no. then... <laughs> oh, maybe. So I was like thinking as you were talking that it never that never comes back into play, but it kind of does. It does, right? Yeah. And and this is just a bucket. Like he's just in uh, in a bucket with wheels. That's well, it. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that. As a teenager, your first car, it doesn't matter what the fuck. Right. Oh, no. As long as it can ride. I yeah. drove a car like this, except it was a truck. And oh. it was, and my brother-in-law was like, look, dude, I'll loan you this dually I got, but it's on low pros. So you just, that's just what it is. One of the windows was broken down. Uh -huh. I can roll it up. You're the like, lights to get it on, you had to wiggle it to get it both yeah. to turn on. Uh, yeah, I didn't give a shit. No, no, I, I had <laughs> a car. Like, it's so endearing to me when people have vehicles, because um, I did not drive when I was a teenager, but I, I rode. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and when it's like, oh, you have to do this, or you know what I mean? You have yeah. to shake it a little to get the thing to start. You have yeah. to blah, blah, blah. It's like, man, you you guys are friends. You and your car. <laughs> you guys really know each other. Yeah, I, was, I like that. I was just thinking that because you do have like your little intricacies or whatever. Yeah. You're like to get it to start, you have to go, please, please, please. Yeah. <laughs> please fucking start it. Oh my God. It's you have to cry two tears. Yeah. Yes. And then the engine turns over. It'll like lap them up. <laughs> and this car did have a career because in the later Friday the 13th movies, this car is used in one of those movies as well. No shit. Oh, yeah. really? That's wild. I can't remember exactly which one it was because uh, we you know when we do a lot of research we look at a lot of stuff yeah um but i did think that that was funny because they showed the shot where the car is in the background that i love is, that that's great but at the school the camera surveys jesse's parked and empty car in the parking lot before settling in on a wide shot of the athletic field with students playing baseball and practicing archery at the baseball field ron grady played by robert rusler takes the plate at bat with his team cheering him on I did read, Rusler said that on the last day of shooting Weird Science, mm -hmm. it was the day that he auditioned for this film. <laughs> His co-star from the film drove him to the audition, Robert Downey Jr. Nice. Holy shit. <laughs> That's really cool. Right? Um, I also wanted to point out, I thought because of the fact we see Lisa over at the archery field. Right, right. I really thought that was going to come up later. Yeah. Yeah. In some way. She's just dabbling, it I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just trying it out. 
Not for me. <laughs> and real quick, this uh, I I wasn't a big fan of it, but uh-huh. this is the this school is the same school they use in Karate Kid. No shit. Yeah, it's the oh. same school where they filmed at. They use this school as well. Are you saying you aren't a fan of the movie or the school? The the fan of the movie. <laughs> okay. I did see the first one, and I know a lot of people love it and Cobra yeah. Kai and all that. I couldn't get into it, but that was something that I did read that I thought was pretty cool. I've never seen it. I just know that th- they break their own rules at the end. Because I think that you're not allowed to like kick people in the face, and he wins with yeah. the <laughs> he wins with the fucking kick the right. <laughs> Unless you like have to, yeah. <laughs> like if it's gonna finish the film, kick right. him in the do fucking it. face. Right, hurry, hurry, yeah, yeah. <laughs> do what you gotta do. Yeah, and please don't correct me because I've never seen the movie. So yeah. if they say you are allowed one kick in the face, <laughs> and it's a line that I missed or something, just the one. Yeah, <laughs> I've never seen it. <laughs> But Coach Schneider, played by Marshall Bell, crouches behind the umpire with a stern look on his face. Can we take a minute to talk about this man? Yes. Another character actor. Fantastic, this fucking dude. Always in something. I was telling your sister. And it's weird because he was in Starship Trooper, Total Recall, Stand By Me, Identity. Like, he's fucking in a lot of the movies that we watch and know. Yeah. And he's just there. Like, yeah, he he's was a the, character. He was the dad in Stand By Me. Yeah. Holy and shit. when you were talking about it, I realized that he was he was the husband in the um, All Through the House episode of Tales from the Crypt. Oh, right. that's awesome. I mean, he's not in it for very long. <laughs> <laughs> but he's there. I, read, I think... Um, <laughs> It had to be on his IMDb that he's the first person to get murdered on Tales from the Crypt. That's amazing. And that's not yeah. a spoiler. It happens like two minutes into the, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> into the episode. But and it was a remake anyway. Yeah. And, yeah. It, and, uh, and how old is it? I was yeah. going to say it's quite old. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> but, you know, I thought that was really fucking cool. Oh, yeah. Knowing you, I thought you were going to say, and he was also the husband on Desperate Housewives. <laughs> <laughs> so the fact that it wasn't I was like oh cool Very oh cool. anything but doesn't yeah. <laughs> love that but Jesse waits in the outfield looking over at Lisa who stands in the archery area he smiles at her as the pitcher tosses the first strike which Grady doesn't even swing for Lisa watches intently as her friend Carrie played by Sidney Walsh very bluntly asks so you getting any yet Lisa <laughs> <laughs> Lisa breaks away for a moment to tell Carrie that Jesse is just her ride to school. But is he your ride after school too? Hey, oh, right. <laughs> a little decorum, please. <laughs> She's like, yeah, she, he has to take me home. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, Carrie, yeah. <laughs> it's your turn for the archery. Yeah. <laughs> your arrows are getting cold or whatever. <laughs> I've never done this. <laughs> But even though she says that he's just her ride, Jesse's continued smile says a lot more. Mm -hmm. In this distraction, though, he doesn't even realize that the pitcher has thrown the ball again and Grady has clocked it with ease. It sails through the air, hitting Jesse right in the skull, and he collapses to the ground in a heap. That's that's embarrassing. (laughs) Lisa looks concerned, but... But stays in the archery area. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, I'm he's stressed right. by right. Oh, wow. <laughs> that sucks. Anyway, my arrows are getting cold. <laughs> I hope he can drive later. Like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> I hope he can yeah. drive Because I'm not walking home. That's Yeah. <laughs> Lisa doesn't walk home. But Jesse's team crowds around, checking on him and helping him sit up as Grady rounds the bases unbothered. He's like, <laughs> this is your fault. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was surprised because... The, this is a movie in the 1980s. Mm-hmm. Somebody gets hit in the head with a baseball while looking at a girl that he likes. Nobody laughs. 
Yeah. <laughs> They're like, are you okay? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, there's some serious trauma that can occur. <laughs> They're right. Yeah. <laughs> but I was very surprised. I, you know what? Honestly, I was too. I was like, oh, they're going to make fun of them. Yeah. And they were like, hey, dude, get up. Are you okay? Yeah. I was like, oh, shit. They're for real concerned. <laughs> they're like dusting them off. Yeah. <laughs> but Schneider marches over, asking Jesse if he's okay in a very obligatory tone. Jesse, with attitude, says that he's fine, which is a one a true wonder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but he... Like you said, obligatory. He's like mean. He is. He's like, take a salt tablet. Like yeah. he got like beamed in the head with a baseball, baseball yeah. that was like hit <laughs> like that. He needs to go to the nurse. Yeah, probably. But Schneider does scold him, telling him to pay attention next time before walking away. In a very odd cut, the crowd is completely gone, leaving only Grady there, who was barely on the outside of the crowd in the previous shot. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to, maybe we're viewing it through Jesse's eyes and his, <laughs> he's like, dude, I got clocked in the head. I'm, I'm missing spots. I'm blackout. I can't see anyway. <laughs> this is just his memory of the yeah. event. <laughs> but Grady playfully pats Jesse's cheek, calling the incident a very heads up play before leaving Jesse alone on the ground. Someone offers a sarcastic, nice catch, Walsh. But the game continues, Grady's teammate knocking the ball right to an outfielder who catches it for the out and throws it to third, trapping Grady between that plate and second where Jesse is standing. The ball goes back and forth as Grady is unsure where to run, and as he retreats back to second base, he slides right into Jesse who catches the ball and makes a very easy out. He then returns the jab. Heads up play, Grady but is promptly pants by Grady, leaving his ass hanging out. I was floored. Yeah. <laughs> First of all, I just want to commend the level of petty. This one, I was like, okay, I like Jesse. Yeah. This is that, I'm going to give it right back to you. He remembered it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you, you're going to get to it. Yeah. There is repercussions for this, but I feel like it was a huge under underreaction. He had his booty cheeks out here <laughs> in, in the sun in front of everyone. In the well, sun. I would never <laughs> recover from this day. <laughs> <laughs> well, the jock strap doesn't cover the cheeks. There's Well, clearly. <laughs> yeah. But I'm like the the nightmare. He didn't even get to eat breakfast. He got hit in the head. His booty cheeks are out. I'm never <laughs> I'm never leaving my house again. Your house? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, what do you where do you go from here? I don't know. Back to school on yeah. Tuesday? <laughs> Crying? Yeah, I got a I project, dude. Yeah, yeah, dude. I've I'm never going to emotionally yeah. recover from this. No. Lisa laughs, and Carrie can only remark, nice ass, as Grady and Jesse tussle in the grass. Zero punches are thrown, so it's not really much of a fight, but a crowd gathers anyway. Yeah. And the fight, quote unquote, is promptly <laughs> broken up by Schneider. He pushes them away from the group, telling them to assume the position. We then cut to Jesse and Grady in the push-up position sometime later, their posture crumbling from the heat and exhaustion. But later in Schneider's office, the coach puts out a cigarette and watches from his window as the boys suffer in the sun. Jesse asks how long Grady thinks Schneider will make them do this, and Grady says that this is how the coach gets his rocks off, saying Schneider hangs out at the S&M joints downtown. He's a little more homophobic about it. Yeah, it's gross. But Jesse shrugs this off, as Lisa walks by at the fence, stopping to gaze over at Jesse as she continues on the sidewalk. Grady asks Jesse about Lisa, asking if he's, quote, mounting her nightly or what, 
Who talks like this? And I was like, good Lord. <laughs> it also made me laugh because when he's talking about Coach Schneider, he was like, it could be all night. I was like, what? what? <laughs> like, literally? It's <laughs> like, we might be here till the morning. Yeah, are we friends now? We were just fighting Thank a minute. You. I have that, that like next. Yes. Oh, we're friends. Yeah. We're cool and now. And whatever the coach wants to do, let him do whatever the fuck he wants to do, man. Literally, uh, yeah. mind your own business. <laughs> just like you have a life outside of the school. Yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> like, right. Shut up. We're not friends. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But Jesse asks Grady if he has some kind of a problem with him, but Grady assures him that he doesn't and that he's just killing time. So again, they're, they're, this friendship is just out of nowhere. Yeah. yeah. But finally, after an insufferably long punishment, Schneider walks by telling the boys to hit the shower. That made me laugh too because he's like, we could be here all night and then Schneider's like, get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh yeah, school ends at three yeah. or whatever. <laughs> I can't legally keep you here. No. But we cut to them in the locker room after their shower, getting dressed. Grady's still making it with the small talk. He asks if Jesse lives around here, and Jesse tells him that his parents just bought a place on Elm Street. Grady fixes his hair and asks if they moved into that big white house with the bars on the window, and Jesse says that they did. It was like the bars are still on the window? Yeah. <laughs> the, the realtor's like, now these babies. <laughs> <laughs> I probably would have taken those off. Okay, yeah. everyone inside. But, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> But Grady smirks, telling Jesse to tell his old man that he's a real chump. Cutting through Grady's bullshit, Jesse just asks what he's talking about. Grady explains that some girl was locked in there by her mother and went insane. So we've kind of purple monkey dishwashered this. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah that's how it goes. It's an urban legend. Yeah. Yeah. Jesse turns to him concerned, and Grady tells him that the girl watched her boyfriend get butchered across the street by some maniac. Now, there's the truth. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's like, real. There's the core of this. Yes. There's some accuracy there. <laughs> but the concern turns to annoyance as Jesse grabs his things, telling Grady that he's just full of shit. Grady shrugs, and Jesse just leaves. In an atmospheric panning shot of the house at night, Eerie music mounts as the camera glides past a tree. Returning to the porch, the light above the door switched on. This is probably the iconic shot of this house. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When I think of this house, I think of this shot, which just goes to show that part two has a lot of good stuff. Yeah. yeah. And in all honesty, I think this might be, I mean, him obviously talking in the locker room about it. Right. You, we know what the house is, mm -hmm. but this is kind of the grand reveal. Yeah. Like, oh. oh, shit. <laughs> no, they literally just <laughs> like, yeah, the Thompson house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. But inside, Jesse tries to get comfortable in bed, tossing and turning under his blankets as the camera presses in. There are Coke cans on the nightstand, and you better believe those labels are facing the camera. They yeah. are, and there's more to come. Yeah, <laughs> Coke presents a nightmare. <laughs> well, we need money. We do. Right. <laughs> Unable to sleep, Jesse sits up and makes his way downstairs. He opens the fridge in the kitchen, only for a glass container of orange juice to fall out and shatter on the floor. I was like, all right, who left the juice hovering <laughs> <laughs> right behind the door? <laughs> He's very chill. He, he is. is. <laughs> He's like, this happens all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I'd have been fucking mad. You just wake up. You're hot and sweaty. Mm -hmm. You're going down there to get something to drink. And then you open the fridge and the bottle falls out and shatters everywhere. He's just like, man, whatever. No. <laughs> it's been a really bad day. <laughs> it honestly might be right to just go back to bed. <laughs> and then yeah. someone finds it in the morning and you're like, what? what? Who did Who that? Did that? Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. See you after school. <laughs> <laughs> but he grabs a paper towel to clean up the mess, but he catches a strange movement outside of the kitchen window as if someone is moving through the trees in the backyard. 
He makes his way outside, backlit by street lamps as he cautiously moves into the backyard. Step by step, he slowly approaches and we hear a fire ignite, its light cast into the steel of nearby trash cans. Jesse continues forward, and as he peers down into the basement window, he sees Freddy Krueger standing in front of the flames of the furnace with its metal door opened. Freddy reaches inside, retrieving something draped in a cloth, and Jesse walks away. So they don't make it exactly clear that this is the basement window? No. I thought it was a dream sequence. Yes! Of some hole, like, dug out in their backyard. Yes! And it's giving you visions of when Freddy found his glove again? Yeah. <laughs> I love how Jesse walks away like, well, I'll leave you to it. <laughs> like, none of my you business. Have a good night. <laughs> well, that's what confused me because at first I was like, okay, where did he walk to? Yes. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, that's his basement. Then when he just walked away, I was like, he's in your basement, dude. <laughs> when, so we go back to yeah. And that's honestly what I thought when we weren't sure it was the basement. I thought he was like, this is too weird for me. Yeah. I'm going back to bed. Right, fuck this. <laughs> <laughs> but Jesse just heads inside, shutting the front door behind him. He walks slowly over to the basement door. And when he opens it, he sees the light of the fire reflected on the walls. A shadow creeps across and Jesse's face fills with fear. He closes the door, holding it shut and calling out for his father. Granted, he isn't calling very loud. Yeah. <laughs> no, not at all. It's like, I hope dad's in the living room. <laughs> <laughs> but the door begins to open from the other side and sounds of growling breaths are heard. He calls out to his father for help, eventually abandoning the door and running away. But in a matter of steps, he runs right into Freddy Krueger. Freddy holds his glove above Jesse, telling him, daddy can't help you now i was like we get his first words yeah and they're sassy that's all i want (laughs) this to me honestly is like kind of the change that comes in Mm freddie with him becoming more and more sarcastic and sassy yeah right because the original he was way more frightening yeah and i think that we talked about it when we covered the original that i hadn't seen it in so long i was surprised at how kind of subdued he was in that area because you think Freddy, you think bitch, you think, you know what I mean? And that wasn't, he wasn't letting it all hang out like that in the first one. Well, he had some in there in the first one. Not, not, not what you come to no, expect. Not, now. He did. not what he is now. But. I remember whenever he was chasing Tina, he was just like, hey, watch this. And yeah. like, <laughs> not, not as witty. No. <laughs> and he, he was just, working on it. Yeah. Yeah. He had to find his footing. Like, I've just become a monster yeah. recently. Yeah. <laughs> Let me get my bearings. Still working through it. But I love this. As soon as I see him, I'm like, this is, this is what I came for. Yeah. yeah. This is what i wanted to see but he grabs jesse by the shirt pulling him closer and shushing him with the blade on his index finger he drags the blade across jesse's forehead telling him that he needs him because they have special work to do we get a tight shot of freddy's red eyes lit only by a slit of light like he's dracula i thought that was very interesting yeah (laughs) that they did that of an artistic like yeah (laughs) i did um the red eyes are new right yeah that was not in the original i saw on that documentary kevin yeager took over for the makeup on this film Mm -hmm. and he made a lot of changes to freddie's design right in that interview because he had said that i guess that they didn't know that the first film was going to be a hit Uh uh-huh and so they didn't really hold on to anything as far as recreating this makeup in the future okay and all he really had to go on was the film itself and some pictures that he found in fangoria magazine all right oh wow (laughs) yeah and so whenever he did the new freddie 
he kind of had to make it his own. And so the red eyes were an added detail of his. Right. And he also took um, some influence from actual photos of Burns. Oh. All right. All and, right. And I honestly, I think that Freddy looks really good in this movie. No, he does. Um, they also mentioned Kevin Yeager. Um, he designed Chucky. Oh, nice. For Child's right. Play. Yeah. We talked about him meeting his wife, the star of the film. Oh, yeah. I do remember yeah. that. Because we were all very romantic for a moment. Yeah. <laughs> but he also designed the Crypt Keeper. Oh, Hell yeah. Nice. A legend. He's like horror royalty. Yeah. So whose idea was it for the Morticia Adams, the... The light across the eyes. The Dracula eyes? Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, I don't know. Because <laughs> it, it happens a couple of times. It does. Now it doesn't happen as much as in Dracula. <laughs> no. <laughs> but I think they were using the same shot again. Yeah. <laughs> like, you just ran out of film, didn't you? <laughs> but he says that Jesse has got the body and he takes his hat off, tearing his own scalp away and telling Jesse that he's got the brain. I believe you. You yeah. don't need to, no. need to show me. <laughs> See, again, it's like, I just want to hug him. It's like, I love you, dude. As I just come here. And this is the witty banter. Yes. That we've come to expect. I will say they had talked about, I guess, the brain design. Mm -hmm. Because what they wanted to do was do like a tighter shot of, I guess, a full on fabricated makeup. Right. But Robert England wanted to do it himself. And so they had to put a brain on top of Robert England's head and put a cast over it. Yeah. It looks great. It Hell really yeah. does. Because they kind of were, because there was an interview in Fangoria, Kevin Yeager talked about all the stuff that they wanted to do. Right. He kind of seemed a little displeased later with some of the cuts that were made. Mm -hmm. There's one huge one at the end that they designed an elaborate makeup and only like a few seconds end up in the film. Oh. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And so whenever he was talking about this, I guess he seemed a little displeased, but I think that it came out amazing. Yeah. But at the sight of Freddy's brain, Jesse screams at the top of his lungs and Freddy just laughs and laughs as his brain pulses. But Jesse wakes up in bed, lurching forward in a scream. His parents are like, Jesse, is that you? Take out the garbage. <laughs> <laughs> I was surprised that his parents rush in. Me yeah. too. Because yeah. they're probably like, I thought they would be having breakfast or whatever, like fucking. <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> but they check on him and his mother asks if they should call a doctor. But Jesse quickly tells him that he's fine and it was just a bad dream. They lean him back into his bed and he arches his neck very painfully for some reason. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what? <laughs> Like, did he die? <laughs> like, that did not look natural. That no. looked really fucking painful. <laughs> but in class the next day, the biology teacher, played by Edward Blackoff, gives a review on the digestive system and the intestines therein. When he makes a mention of the colon, Grady makes a fart noise, which makes everyone laugh except for the teacher. <laughs> he presses on as the camera pulls back and we find Jesse asleep at his desk. The teacher moves on to the circulatory system. He says the center of which is, and we watch him pull an actual heart from his drawer and slap it onto the desk and announce the heart. You just have a loose heart in your desk well, and mean, you grabbed it with yeah. your bare hand. It's biology. That's, yeah. that's gross, dude. <laughs> At least put a glove on. What made me laugh is that when he slapped the heart down, he was like, the heart, Grady goes, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, why? <laughs> He was sick of talking about the colon. I guess. He's sick of like making fart noises. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, I'm exhausted. <laughs> He's like, I'm tired of being the cut up. <laughs> but some people chuckle while others grimace at the sight of the heart. But the teacher continues discussing the chambers of the heart and its processes as Grady notices that Jesse has completely fallen asleep. 
The camera presses in on Jesse as the teacher's voice grows distant and begins to echo. Suddenly, a large snake has slithered over Jesse's shoulder, its black tongue flicking in and out as it wraps around his neck. The snake just wants to cuddle. Mm -hmm. But I was like, okay, so (laughs) now we are firmly in dream territory. Clearly. Yeah. 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 And I will say the shot of the snake, they tried to make it look menacing, but it really did look really sweet. Yeah, it looked cute. (laughs) It literally hugged him. (laughs) It it did. (laughs) But Jesse screams loudly as he wakes up. The entire class turns to look at him and the teacher rushes over. We see that the snake was in fact real. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The snake is real and it's wrapped around Jesse's neck. The teacher snatches it away, telling Jesse that if he wants to play with animals, join the circus. How? I'm sorry. How was that Jesse's fault? I don't know. No, yeah. He was asleep. Yeah. And his friends are laughing like they played a prank on him, but I did not see them yeah. get up. Why is the snake just, lo- well, just loose? You got it. Okay, so you can get on to Jesse for falling asleep in the classroom. Yeah. yeah. That's something you shouldn't be doing. But to have a free roaming snake and then to get mad when it wraps around one of your students at the student? Yeah. I'm so confused. And he was pissed putting it away? Yeah. I I was just utterly floored when the teacher rushes over to him and we see that that snake is actually wrapped around him. Yeah, I was like, oh. I I could not have been more surprised. (laughs) That's what I was going to say. I was like, oh, this is dream. No, it's not dream. Could not have been more surprised. Freddy's just drinking a can of Coke in the boiler room. Oh, that had nothing to do with me. This wasn't even me. But the class laughs at Jesse, and even Jesse has a smile on his face when he gives Grady the finger. So again, it's like they're buddies. We're besties now. But at her very large home, Lisa goes for a swim in her pool. But as she makes it to the opposite wall, her mother, played by Melinda O'Fee, calls out to her, telling her that Jesse's on the phone for her. Lisa thanks her mother, climbing out of the pool to answer the call on a cordless phone. She's all smiles on the phone, and we immediately cut to the Walsh home, where Jesse rushes down the stairs but he's quickly stopped by his father who's reclining in the living room. He asks his son where he's going, and Jesse says that he's going out for a couple of hours. A nearby bird squeaks in its cage, which will become very important later. (laughs) (laughs) Do not forget about that bird. (laughs) The most important character. (laughs) But Ken reminds Jesse that he promised to have his room unpacked. Jesse pleads with his father, but he isn't hearing it and tells Jesse to go upstairs. Listen, you were supposed to do that yesterday. True. He gave you an mm-hmm. extra day. Like, mm-hmm. this is how I know that I'm getting older. Because <laughs> yeah. I was like, dude, you swore on your way to school yesterday. Mm-hmm. Talking about, I'll be back in a few hours, motherfucker. <laughs> Get up those stairs. That, I, same. I was like, I can't even be mad at your dad, dude. He told you. He gave you. you a whole extra day. Yeah. How long has it been like that? I mean. It's like, come on. <laughs> Jesse stomps upstairs, surveying the boxes on his floor, very annoyed. But he finally snaps into action, popping a tape into the player. Touch Me All Night Long by Wish and Fonda Ray begins to play (laughs) as Jesse pours the contents of a box into one of his drawers, sarcastically asking, how do you like that, Dad? (laughs) (laughs) He likes it a lot. Yeah, this is what all he's been asking for. (laughs) And you promised. You promised him. But Jesse then finds a pair of sunglasses, snapping his fingers to the music as he continues to unpack. He pops on a hat, switches his sunglasses for a pair with more flourish <laughs> and literally twerks one of his drawers close. <laughs> that song's a Listen, banger though. I mean, it is. Oh, it I, is. I think the B side was, uh, we'll make love till we die. Yeah. Um, 
This is the best kind of cleaning sesh, though, <laughs> when you don't want to and then you start and then you're wearing all this random shit that you found, your twerking drawers closed. <laughs> like, I mean, we can, this can be a music video. It doesn't have to be a chore. That is true. Yeah, you make it fun. Yeah. You're in there alone cleaning doing whatever the fuck to what well, who cares it's getting done yeah, <laughs> yeah. you've got to <laughs> take twerk breaks to effectively keep morale up while you're cleaning is, work the glutes yes <laughs> his dad never said how to do it not yeah. at all if is it done that's all i care about the room's clean yeah yeah and you're in a great mood <laughs> yeah <no shit>. <laughs> <laughs> got a good workout i love it <laughs> this is iconic by the it way is. Yeah. <laughs> it's legendary <laughs> but jesse then grabs a toy and just starts dancing with it he works his way to his bed, holding the toy to his crotch and acting as if it's his... <laughs> We're all adults here, you understand. But out of nowhere, his mother and Lisa walk in just as he thrusts the toy forward with a hilarious popping sound. Oh my God. Yes, I was dying. The pop, I don't know what part of the toy it's did a, that. It's Is it one little, of those? It's a ball attached to a string. Okay. <laughs> the timing of it was one of the funniest things I've it ever was. seen. My thing is though... Hmm. You don't know what I'm doing up here. Yeah. Why the fuck would you just let yourself into my room? Well, they you're might... lucky I was just dancing and doing, you know, phallic things with the story. Yeah. <laughs> you're lucky honesty, it wasn't a real, you right. know, they, you, don't, you don't know. A real? You, well, you don't know what I'm doing in here. Yes. Time out. I'm a teenage boy. Time yeah. out. Burst oh, no, into yeah. my room. Yeah, don't do that. But Lisa comes over. The mom answers the door. She could just be like, hey, where's Jesse? And Jesse's in the father's like, well, he's in his room cleaning. Yeah. Yeah, what? But, oh, Again, come on. yeah. You don't, but mm -mm. yeah, you're gonna get burned up. Don't go. Don't <laughs> come in here. Yeah. Don't come. I don't in have here. kids that age yet, but you know privacy. You know. Yeah. After a certain age, don't be busting in on them. You know that. You just know that. Jesse leaps off the bed. <laughs> <laughs> the mom's lucky. That's all I'm saying. He leaps off the bed <laughs> in embarrassment, hiding the toy behind his back. His mother and Lisa laugh as he nervously and clumsily shuts off the music. Cheryl makes her exit, saying that she'll leave the two of them alone. And Jesse exchanges an awkward glance with Lisa, who admits that maybe she should have called. <laughs> well, it's it, the way they talked on the phone and then he was rushing out. So it sounded like he was like, yeah, I'll be right there. Or I'll come pick you up or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And his dad's like, get your ass in that room. <laughs> well, so she was like, I'll just go. In all honesty, he should have called Lisa. Yeah, I can't go. <laughs> yeah. You know? I got in trouble. <laughs> but she's got to be close because didn't she walk over there for school and they took off in his car? Yeah. yeah. So she couldn't, she can't be too far. True. I did hear in an interview that this dance was supposed to be a riff on Risky Business because of the dance that they had in that where he okay. comes sliding. Right, right. Listen, this was much better. Yeah, yeah. I prefer this. Yeah. I, I feel they're completely unrelated. <laughs> yeah. They're not even close. <laughs> but Jesse tells her that it's fine and that he was just cleaning his room. And Lisa knows, saying that she figured he might want some help. We cut to later, and the room is nearly finished and completely unpacked. Lisa tosses him a can of jock itch, asking him where that goes. Lisa, you didn't need to do him like right. that. Right. You didn't need to, you didn't need right, to do calm that. Down. <laughs> <laughs> but while putting his sweater on the button, it's funny to me because they moved house and he's like, no, I'll need that. <laughs> well, he's playing sports. <laughs> Seriously, I'm not going to buy another kid. <laughs> Put it in the box. <laughs> Market important. <laughs> 
But while putting his sweaters away at the top of his closet, Lisa finds an old diary clasped shut and covered in dust. She asks what it is, but Jesse can only guess that it's a diary. Lisa flips through it as Jesse looks over her shoulder, revealing from its pages that it reads, Nancy Thompson, 1428 Elm Street. Of course, it's a diary. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for your... Yes. <laughs> I, I didn't know how, because I hoped they would bring Nancy in here at some point. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I guess if you're not going to have her in the film, this is really the only way that it works. Right. Um... I will say something does shock me in a moment and we'll get to it literally in one sentence. Yeah. yeah. Because Jesse smiles, telling her that that address is right here. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> she looks at the dates in the diary, remarking that it's five years old. So this film coming out a year later, we jump ahead five years. Yeah. I. Does that work? It would work to me if you were bringing Nancy back mm-hmm. to give her some time away and some perspective. Yeah. But. It literally. We don't. We. She doesn't. She's not here. Right. It might as well be the next year. Yeah. But I guess they want to kind of sell the difficulty it was to sell the house. Oh, okay. okay. But five years is still a lot. Yeah. yeah. Two years. And nobody found this diary. It was just sitting on the shelf. Yeah. <laughs> and, that's true. <laughs> it wasn't even like hidden somewhere. No. And Nancy didn't take it with her. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of incriminating shit. (laughs) (laughs) That probably wouldn't be good (laughs) to leave. (laughs) But what do I know? Jesse asks if Lisa knew Nancy, but she says that it was before her time in Springwood. But she tells Jesse to listen as she finds a steamy passage. It reads, Sometimes at night when I'm lying in my bed, I see Glenn at his window across the way, getting ready for bed. His body is slim and smooth, and I know I shouldn't watch him, but that part of me that wants him forces me to. Nancy. <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> Pervert. <laughs> Don't watch people. No. <laughs> Nancy writes that that's when she weakens. That's when she wants to go to him. I <laughs> put in my notes. That's a crime. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> let Literally. Him, let, ask him if that's okay. Yeah. Don't, don't if, just... Peep. Yeah. yeah Don't do that. <laughs> But Jesse sits down next to Lisa, asking if he can look at the diary. He flips through the pages, finding an entry on March 15th. I wonder if they did that because that's the Ides of March. Oh, interesting. Notoriously uh, not good Yeah, Yeah. for that one guy. Caesar. (laughs) (laughs) Caesar, I think his name was. (laughs) But it reads, he comes to me at night, horrible, ugly, and dirty, under the sheets with me, tearing at my nightgown with his steel claws. Now... Lisa reacts as if this is another steamy passage, mm-hmm. and I guess it could read a little bit like poetry, but that is <laughs> it's really frightening. Scary. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> it hits Jesse in this moment that something is not right, but he continues. His name is Fred, and he keeps trying to take me to the boiler room. He wants to kill me. Suddenly, it isn't so much fun anymore. And Lisa is like, what's wrong? Yeah. (laughs) He said he wants to kill me. And Lisa's like, where's the issue? Never mind. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, oh, this one's not as horny as this (laughs) one. And I thought it was funny because he read like, he said like two words and then turned the page. Yeah, he did. (laughs) I was like, you did not, that didn't take up the whole. Nancy writes really big. Yeah. (laughs) Or her entry started on the last line. (laughs) 
Buddy passes the diary over to her and she continues reading. <laughs> and and this cannot be misconstrued. <laughs> no. Lisa reads, Tina is dead. <laughs> Again, she asks if Jesse is okay. <laughs> I'm pretty fucking far from okay. <laughs> Jesse explains in full detail what Grady told him earlier in the locker room about Nancy being locked in her room by her mother and going insane. For some reason, we get no reaction from Lisa on this, and the scene just sort of ends. Yeah. <laughs> this happens at least five times in this film, where we seem to be building towards something important, mm-hmm. and then it's just either the next day at school, yeah. <laughs> or just Jesse not being able to sleep. <laughs> There's one that's really, really egregious that I don't even know why they included it in the film, Right. but we'll get to that in a bit. But that night, Jesse thrashes in bed, tossing and turning sweatily before switching on his lamp. In the light of it, we see that it is smoking and covered in some kind of ooze. Jesse looks on fearfully, discovering a candle by his bedside melting, and a vinyl record on his dresser softens in the heat hanging over the side of it. Dad, please fix the AC. <laughs> yeah, holy shit. You know what? I promised to clean the room. You promised to get that yeah. free on. Yeah. <laughs> But Jesse makes his way out of his room and into the hallway, slowly going down the staircase. He walks into the basement and creeps down the stairs. He then goes straight to the furnace, where he opens the grate and reaches inside. He retrieves something wrapped in a cloth and unwraps it to reveal Freddy's glove. He holds it in his hand, looking it over, and suddenly the fire ignites inside the furnace. He jumps back, and through the smoke behind the furnace, Freddy steps into view, laughing. <laughs> he's like, like, can he do a bit? <laughs> he's like, he literally, he set this trap, I guess. I don't know. It he worked. He was yeah. Be. He's like, you saw me doing this last night, and now yeah. you're here. It's perfect. <laughs> but Freddy tells Jesse to go ahead. Try it on for size. Jesse looks at the blades, but eventually just tosses the glove away. Freddy grabs the side of the furnace, his hand sizzling against the metal, and he tells Jesse, kill for me. This is an interesting angle. Mm -hmm. Freddy looking to collab. You don't really see that. (laughs) Featuring Freddy. You you don't expect that. But sure, why not? I mean, you know what? Uh, Wait, what way are you saying? (laughs) Are you saying why not? It's it's Freddy, though. You know, like he's if he's your hero or like he's there and you're like, oh, yeah, sure. Let's do some stuff together. He's your hero. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe a song. (laughs) But I don't know about the murder thing. I will say um, from a screenwriting perspective, like you said, Nay, it's an interesting way to take it. Yeah. But the problem for me is um, this leads to a very interesting dearth and lack of Freddy. Right. Yeah. Because if we're just possessing people... Letting then we don't need to see him. Yeah. And I want to see him. That's part well, of yeah. it. Yeah. That's why I see if I kill for him, I have to see him. So you got you gotta come back. <laughs> I right? gotta look like yeah. you though. <laughs> yeah, I'll wear your skin. Yeah. <laughs> but Jesse just shakes his head in refusal and goes to run away, but falls over some basement clutter. When he turns back to the furnace, he doesn't see Freddy there, but the furnace is still smoking as if it had just been lit. And even worse. Right in front of him on the ground is Freddy's glove. But the next day at school, Jesse tries to explain it all to Lisa, saying that it was like he was sleepwalking. Lisa says that maybe it was like a premonition, like how psychics help police solve crimes and find missing people. 
I did appreciate that he told her. Yes. Yeah. Because I feel like in most movies he would just be like suffering and everybody's like, Jesse, what's wrong? Yeah. He was like, look, I had this fucked up like experience. He's honest about it. And right. I appreciate that. Down to the detail of the boiler and yeah. Yeah, everything. <laughs> <laughs> but she asks if anything like this has ever happened to him before, but he says it hasn't. They're not sure what it could be, but Lisa asks if she can look at Nancy's diary a little bit more. And Jesse hands it over because he's apparently brought it to school. I mean, why not? <laughs> yeah, the, I, I, are you just keeping it on you? Or are you just like, I don't. I mean, and it seemed as though there's a lot of good information in there. Yeah, there is. But, but let's leave it at home. Yeah. <laughs> just in case. Because, I mean, you, you got tackled on the baseball field like a couple days ago. Yeah. Somebody could be like, what's that wall? So just fucking rip it up. <laughs> oh. He's like, I, I got, I got yeah. study hall. I'm going to catch it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But this is when Carrie rushes over to them, telling Lisa that she got her invitation to the party this weekend and asks if any cute guys are going to be there, Lisa just answering all of them. Carrie looks a little worried for a moment, asking Lisa if her dad is going to try to be the DJ again, but Lisa assures her that her mom is going to try to keep him upstairs this time. I also thought that this was cute because normally it's, oh, my mom leaves on Friday. Let's yeah. Like, no, the parents are fully there. Yeah. Like, yeah, you can have your entire school over. It's, <laughs> it's an interesting dynamic. Yeah. yeah. But Carrie looks relieved as Lisa explains to Jesse that at her last party, her father insisted on playing Benny Goodman records all night. Jesse smirks as the tardy bell rings overhead and Lisa stops to look at Jesse for a moment before kissing him on the cheek and telling him that she'll see him later. Carrie smiles at him, and he is more than overjoyed. <laughs> but we cut to Jesse jogging with Grady at the athletic field. Jesse asks Grady if he ever remembers his dreams, and Grady tells him, only the wet ones. Grady, I'm trying to be vulnerable. <laughs> <laughs> I just Calm down. <laughs> I laughed out loud because Schneider goes, no talking. Yeah. He's like, that's enough. That's, that's enough. you. Yeah, <laughs> a little decorum, please. But after class, Jesse and Grady get changed in the locker room, Jesse lamenting that Schneider shouldn't have called Grady out on a play today. Grady just remarks that Schneider has a stick up his ass, and the coach steps into view behind Jesse as he retorts, Schneider always has a stick up his ass. The coach makes his appearance <laughs> known, telling them, hello, dirt balls. We quickly cut to the two of them, assuming the position in the field. Yeah. <laughs> it was, just proved the, the point. Yeah. It was very much a he's right behind me, yeah. isn't he? Moment. It was. I like the comedic timing. Yeah. yeah. It was funny. He and then to immediately cut to them being punished yeah. again. That yeah. was funny. That's good. He didn't have to make them do that. No. No. And these are reused shots from the same day. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> but after a shot of the full moon at night, which earned some points with me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We head inside the Walsh home as Cheryl covers the birdcage so the birds can get some sleep. She sits down next to her daughter and her husband, remarking how hot it is in the house. Ken gets up to go look at the thermostat as Jesse enters the room, Jesse remarking that it's hot as an oven in here. Angela shushes him, telling him that the birds are sleeping. She shakes her head like this fucking guy. <laughs> like, Jesus Christ. Inconsiderate. But Ken reveals that inside this home, it is 97 degrees. He's got a long sleeve on. He's sweating like a motherfucker. <laughs> it's absurd. Yes. Open a window. 
A fan, That's something. Something. Y'all yeah. are just sitting here. Yeah. I'm telling you right <laughs> like now. this is normal? If it's 97 degrees inside your home, you don't need to go over to a thermostat to say, huh. Yeah. <laughs> you, well, I'll be damned. <laughs> it is really hot in here. Oh, my God. Any Anything above, honestly, anything above like 68, I'm complaining. <laughs> <laughs> That's just me being honest. <laughs> but suddenly, the birdcage begins to shake. Jesse tears the covering off of the cage, and one of the birds tumbles out of it, dead and bloody. The other bird, the murderer, screeches. <laughs> the murderer. The murderer. <laughs> <laughs> screeches and flies out of the cage. Now, Jesse let him out of the cage. Now, I don't know why he did that. No, he like picks him up. Yeah, I, I don't know. Was he trying to close the door or was he like the bird door or what? I no, he was like, did you do that? <laughs> <laughs> did shining you do a, that yeah. like shining a light in his eyes and shit, <laughs> interrogating him. I think that bird's name is Gordy. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. I think honestly that if that were to happen and that bird's dead, maybe he's checking to see if there's something wrong with the other bird. That yeah. bird was clearly if- attacked and there's only two birds in there. It's a lot of... <laughs> <laughs> One bird has been killed... The other bird did it. Things are happening really fast. (laughs) (laughs) In a bird's eye view, the bird appears to be selecting its next target, making a dash for Ken and slicing his cheek. It then swoops back down for Angela, narrowly missing her and knocking over a lamp. Cheryl snags a broom for her husband to use against the bird, but he just swings and misses wildly. (laughs) (laughs) The bird flies back up, looking down at the Walsh family before literally bursting into flames and an explosion of blue feathers. Now, I'm not an ornithologist. <laughs> Look, it is, it's really hot in there. It is in there. Yeah. <laughs> Birds can only handle so much. <laughs> Remember that happened on The Simpsons? That's right. <laughs> Maybe there's an homage. <laughs> I will say... <laughs> this predates The Simpsons for sure. It doesn't matter. Uh, they, on Never Sleep Again, the documentary, Right. many people involved in this <laughs> expressed a lot of regret (laughs) well this was one of the scenes that Wes Craven was like absolutely fucking not and they said on the day they're like I don't see how this could work (laughs) that's what I was gonna say I don't understand they this the script really set the director up for failure yeah there's no way that you can make there's no way you can make this work Hitchcock made it work but he had thousands of birds yeah (laughs) (laughs) and none of them burst into flames no So, so it was possessed is that what is that what we're to spontaneous believe? combustion right or is freddie in that bird did the bird go to sleep the bird went to sleep the oh birds were asleep. yeah shut oh, your you're fucking, fucking mouth kidding me. <laughs> <laughs> the bird okay so the bird was they put the thing over the cage shut yeah up. the bird fell asleep freddie's like watch this shit possesses oh, the bird kills the other bird <laughs> and then bursts into flames upon exit is that the man, bird woke was, up he was too much for the bird <laughs> too hot or so, yeah. <laughs> the bird's like get out of my yeah. soul <laughs> man they should have put a little claw on that bird then <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> a missed opportunity that would have worked that wouldn't have worked <laughs> no we would have been, yeah. what? what about that <laughs> where did the bird this yeah. the bird's feathers are striped now <laughs> <laughs> there was no way to make this okay no <laughs> just wasn't. And they literally said they had designed full like 
I don't know if it was. I think it might have been an animatronic. Yeah. Of a big fucking demon bird. Oh my god. But the director <laughs> told him no, and then it ended up just being a regular parakeet. <laughs> <laughs> Which I don't know if it's better or worse. No. <laughs> now, okay, it is worse because if the next scene were to happen after a giant demon bird, <laughs> yeah, that's true. No, yeah, that's yeah. true. So, <laughs> Dad's like, is it a gas problem? <laughs> <laughs> so no, I get the parakeet makes more sense. <laughs> but we cut to the Walsh family in the kitchen. Ken attempting to pull the oven away from the wall to check the gas. Jesse tells him that that isn't the problem, but Ken says that his mother said she smelled gas, so that's what he's gonna check. Cheryl recants, saying that she thought she smelled gas, but wasn't sure. Very annoyed, Ken asks, what was it then? Bird rabies? I don't think birds can get rabies. Yeah. <laughs> but he posits that it was the cheap seed that she buys at the store. Mm-mm, you are not blaming me <laughs> yeah. for whatever the fuck just happened in there. He's like, that bird deserves a posh lobster. <laughs> <laughs> You're robbing that bird. You killed both birds tonight, Cheryl. <laughs> <laughs> he says that there has to be a rational explanation. Animals don't just explode into flames for no reason. I will say it was 97 degrees in the house, and I would have the same reaction, I think. <laughs> Bursting into flames, absolutely. The I would fly around. I would attack one of you and then burst into flames. <laughs> <laughs> attack one, try to attack the other. <laughs> and then explode. <laughs> but Cheryl concedes. But Jesse says that it definitely isn't some leaking gas pipe that caused this. But suddenly, Ken has a new theory. Jesse set the whole thing up. He put a firecracker or one of those goddamn cherry bombs in the bird. In the bird. So you're telling me that when he went to check on the bird in the cage, he thinks that Jesse picked up that bird, <laughs> shoved a firecracker into its beak. Yeah. And then what happened is what happened. You're flailing. He's you're scared. Flailing. Yeah. Fuck you, though. Like, yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> it's my wife. No, it's my son. Yeah. It's you. Shut the fuck up. I think that we've experienced something wild that maybe defies explanation, and maybe we should look into that. Yeah, yes. and that we're all scared. You don't need to be pointing fingers. And I get it. He's like, because he keeps saying there's a rational explanation. Yeah. Maybe there's not. Yeah. Because I've never seen that. Yeah. And then, you know what pisses me off even more? The huh. dad is privy to a lot of information oh, yeah. that nobody else yeah. knows. So well, you're the last one that should be like, no, the, all of this makes sense. Like, it's all grounded and rational. Yeah. I, I think that's probably why he's pointing fingers. <laughs> you're right. He's like, I didn't, oh. do, I didn't do fucking shit. I didn't fucking do this. <laughs> this needs to make sense. He did it, but he knew about it. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> He's like, the realtor warned me about yeah. <laughs> Fuck, they said this would happen. I don't have any birds. <laughs> <laughs> but Jesse tells his father that he can't talk to him like that and storms off. Ken screams after Jesse and his wife restrains him, telling him that he's being ridiculous, which he is. He is. Yeah. But that night, Jesse tosses and turns in bed again, cursing when he can't fall asleep. He walks downstairs yet again, looking out of the kitchen window as a storm rages outside. Suddenly, a bolt of lightning crashes into his house, striking the dish rack next to the sink. Jesse doesn't react as much as I think you should. Yeah. Not at all. So this is definitely a dream, right? Because Absolutely. this is wild mm -hmm. from, from jump. Yeah, because the window wasn't even open. No. <laughs> so this is a dream. Yeah. Dream. Yeah. 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 But instead of reacting at all to what just happened, he just heads out into the rain, walking past a motel and through the smoke of the city to a leather bar called Don's Place. 
is he still wearing a pajama top unbuttoned in jeans? That I don't. The jeans, yes. It was the 80s. That could be a regular shirt. It I don't. Could, it could, yeah. I guess. Because so. it's like little pizzas. Right. It looks like, you know, like when people have those pajamas that are like the matching sets and they're like button downs and <laughs> stuff. That's what it looks like. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I mean, I guess it's a look. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. <laughs> well, I don't really think he's caring about fashion right now. Yeah. No shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're going into a bar. Yeah, but he doesn't know the theme of the bar. Clearly. Yeah. Like this is the pe- this is the half open pizza shirt bar. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's not. Fuck! This is embarrassing. <laughs> but the camera pans past leather clad folks under a red light as music plays in the background. Jesse stumbles in through a curtain, surveying his surroundings as he approaches the bar. The bartender, played by Robert Shea, who was the head of New Line Cinema, yeah, that's <laughs> wonderful. Takes notice of Jesse and walks over to him. Jesse asks for a beer, and the bartender brings one over, even opening it for him. He's clearly not a regular. No. Yeah. He's kind of clearly a high schooler. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's a dream, so that makes sense. Right. That he would stumble into this place, you know, walk up to the bar, get a drink. Like, it makes sense. Of course. Dreams yeah. are fucking weird. It's a nice place. It looks fun. Yeah. Everyone's having a blast. Yeah. But he's too young to be here. Yeah, he should be in here. <laughs> But the bartender slides Jesse a glass and Jesse begins to pour the beer. But suddenly, a hand with a studded bracelet seizes Jesse's arm. He looks up to find Coach Schneider in a leather vest, chewing a stick of gum with ill intent in his eyes. Hey, Coach. Fancy seeing you here. Yeah, wild. I didn't know you came here. Um, you want a beer? Again. Yeah. <laughs> the bartender just gave it to yeah. me for free. And <laughs> I ordered it for you. Yeah. <laughs> Enjoy. <laughs> for free. You're right. But again, if, you know, we internalize weird shit, that dude was just saying that coach goes to leather bars. It would make sense for this to come out in a dream because we, our brains are random. Okay. And honestly, the way that it progresses, it's, it's, it's it so, is, it's, su- yeah. it, it's like such a dream yeah. from what we cut from this to what's next. Mm-hmm. Because we cut to the high school gym where Jesse is being forced to run laps. Red light beaming out of the locker room as he runs by. Dude, I was in the same place you were. Why are you making me run laps? Yeah, that. what's weird for, uh, again, I cannot stress enough how Jesse should not be there and drinking. No. <laughs> no. But my thing is, again, unless this is a dream, yeah, which I'm positive it is. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> why would the coach even approach him i don't know yeah. here's here's my thing what what has happened now all right yeah if you are this kid's teacher mm-hmm. you you have found one of your students in a bar yeah you either a <laughs> you take them home yeah right b i don't it, now this would be a pretty extreme to call the police or their parents or their parents yeah. to yeah. let them know what's going on but what is going on right now? I'm pretty sure that's technically kidnapping. It is. Oh, no, yeah. You took him back to the school to make him run laps. and th- Again, that's why I was so positive that all of this was a dream. Because the sense of unreality is staggering. Well, if not that, the the red light from the bathroom. Should that be. too. Yeah. yeah. Either someone's watching Suspiria in there. Yeah. <laughs> or this or is something. Yeah. <laughs> or Jesse's asleep in bed. <laughs> But after his last lap, Schneider snags him by the arm and tells him to go hit the showers. As Jesse does, Schneider heads into his office to do some inventory, 
but is interrupted by the sound of movement outside of his office door. He goes to investigate, but finds nothing there. After he closes the door behind him, he then hears a popping sound. He looks over at the tennis rackets and sees that the strings on them are somehow glowing with heat and snapping off. Basketballs tumble from their shelves, bouncing across the floor and knocking items in the coach's direction. But suddenly, a canister of tennis balls explodes, but the coach hits the floor before they can make contact. He looks around suspiciously as an entire rack of shelves dislodges from the wall and rotates in his direction. So this is when I'm finally coming to terms with the fact that this is not a dream. No. Unless it's the this coach's dream. This is no dream. dream? Yeah. <laughs> it's really happening. I was like, what? I mean, I, I was, this is like the third time, at least the snake, the birds, and the leather bar. Mm-hmm. Right. The S&M bar, whatever. That I was positive. <laughs> well, this was the dream world. <laughs> but it's all been real. Yeah, and that's what was confusing to me because I, I had told your sister when we were talking about it last night, I said, I thought this was Jesse's dream. Why is all this bad stuff happening to Coach? It, if it's if this is centered around me, it's my dream. Why? How are you getting hurt in my dream and I'm, I'm, I'm still over here doing something else? Why am I the side character? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what happened? Don't dream about me no more, yeah. kid. <laughs> I know, but that's a great point because there are so many moments that do feel like dream sequences. I Maybe it was our fault for assuming that we were watching a Nightmare on Elm Street film. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Damn it. Never again. Yeah, sorry. But a volleyball strikes the coach in the head and he just raises it calmly afterwards, still chewing his gum. He's <laughs> like, well, that was strange. <laughs> but the inanimate objects continue their assault, a metal weight smashing through his office window as he crawls over to close and lock the supply cabinet. But suddenly... A jump rope wraps around his arms and drags him forcefully out of his office as he screams in fear and protest. Jesse just continues showering, but he stops when he sees all the surrounding showerheads spring to life, spraying water onto the shower floor. He turns to find the coach being dragged by an invisible force, the jump ropes ascending the wall and wrapping around the overhead pipes, bringing the coach to his feet. Schneider's clothes are torn off and he stands there naked as nearby towels whip his bare ass bloody. The coach turns to look at Jesse as steam fills the room, Jesse's silhouette disappearing in the haze, but then through the steam steps Freddy Krueger. Not the spankings. So I'm like, (laughs) Jesse's just standing here watching this and then he looks again and I'm like, oh, so it was never Jesse at all? I guess it yeah. I was just I was getting so confused. And then later on, it's like, oh, no, it was. Him. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't know. I don't know. But the coach screams for his life as Freddie raises his glove, slashing at the back of the coach, blood pouring from nearby faucets. The coach collapses lifelessly against the shower wall as his blood spreads across the tiles. But when the camera moves through the steam, it finds Jesse standing there now covered in the coach's blood. He raises his hand to find that he is wearing Freddy's glove and screams. What the fuck is going on? Yeah. Um. Now, and see, if you <laughs> um, if you would have <laughs> taken him home, like you said, or yeah. called his parents, yeah. not made him run laps, mm-hmm. probably would have been alive, man. I mean, not to blame the murder victim. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, all the push-ups, and he's like, no, I don't want to do it no more. <laughs> I will say um, I was very surprised to learn on that documentary that... They intended to not bring Robert England back. Right. And so the first scene that they filmed with Freddie was this one, and they used a double or a stuntman. Mm-hmm. And 
Bob Shay's, I guess, his mindset about the whole thing originally was that Freddy is just like any other monster. Just mm, like any other movie monster. You throw a mask over a man's face, boom, he's Freddy Krueger. He did not anticipate not only the attachment that Robert England would have with this character, yeah. but the life that Robert England breathes into this character. That's the thing is Freddy is not a Michael Myers or a Jason Voorhees no. at yeah. all. That's not what you expect from him. That's not what you get from him. Not at all. That is appalling to me. In this scene, you see him walk out. You don't really see him. He's very obscured. Right. Yeah. And when you know in context that the person in that scene isn't Robert England, mm-hmm. you realize the walk is wrong. Yeah. Everything's wrong. Well, so it's it's wild to me that that is what this film was going to be. Oh, yeah. Just that presence like that instead of, I mean, Freddy is a whole fucking, that is a whole character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not a figure. It's not a hulking figure. Like that, that's, Wow. But it makes sense to why they would want him to be possessed. Yes. Because if he's possessed, we never mm. have to show you. So somebody else is not Freddy. Give yeah. life to the character. Right. You can just see like a glove passing hands. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I'm just glad that Robert England's back. Yes. I will say not enough of him in this. Not no. at all. And what I read was it was a, a money dispute. Yes. That he didn't want to pay him what he wanted. Mm hmm. Which is trash, mm-hmm. but I do appreciate that he was able to be like, "Look, we were fucking wrong." Yes, like please, 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 <laughs> please come back. I'll pay you what you wanted. You know, mm-hmm. and he—I swear, man. When you talk about iconic horror villains, yeah, you need Robert England. Oh yeah, and he puts everything into it. Mm-hmm. Like it couldn't be anybody else. Yeah, it's funny you say there's not enough of him because Freddie is only in this movie for. 13 minutes that's wild yeah it's an hour 25 i get it's not a long movie Mm -hmm. but 13 minutes and there's an extended uh scene of him (laughs) in a little (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah he takes center stage (laughs) so other than that that is not a lot at all no and i will say that whenever those uh stats are presented right very often you're like oh shit but his presence is felt throughout yeah this is not one of those cases no you, no. you miss freddie you mm-hmm. you do miss him but back at the walsh home jesse's parents rush downstairs to open the front door jesse stands there covered in a blanket between an uncredited police officer and an officer played by steve easton and this is very random but Steve Easton was on the fifth season of Dexter where he played Rita's ex father in law. Now, it's very specific credit. Yeah. <laughs> but I wanted, I wanted to share it. That's all. <laughs> Proud of him. Yes. Yes. But he asks the Walshes, Does this belong to you? Ken says that Jesse is his son, and the officer says that they found Jesse out on the highway, wandering around naked, and suggests that they keep a short leash on him. Everyone involved. Yes. This is a massive underreaction. Yeah. I mean. Immediately, you could have been the victim of something horrible, mm-hmm. or you have a very serious sleep disorder. Mm-hmm. Or a medical condition. Something yeah. is horribly, horribly wrong. They're like, he's yours? Yeah. <laughs> Does this belong to you? It's like, dude, that's not... It's not funny. He didn't get caught egging a house. No. This is very serious. <laughs> but his parents just thank the officers and take Jesse inside, closing the door behind them. 
At the bottom of the stairs, Ken stops his son and very earnestly tells him that he has a couple of questions, and after he answers them, they can all go to bed. He brushes the wet hair from his son's brow and asks him, What are you taking, son? Jesse stares at his father blankly as he asks another question. Who are you getting it from? Jesse weakly scoffs, telling his father that he isn't taking any drugs. He tells his mom that he wants to go to bed, and she guides him upstairs as his father seemingly fights tears at the bottom of the staircase. So annoying that that's the first place you jump. Yeah. Like, infuriating. This dude, at least since we've known him, wakes up every morning screaming. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that no is shit. true. That is true. <laughs> there is something going on. I think that's what I would ask first. What, like, not what drugs are you taking? Uh-huh. It's, what can we do to help? What tell us? Tell us what's going on. What is, what is happening with you, or what is going on in your head that you can best express to us so that we can understand to help you, not just be like, "What are you smoking?" Yeah. yeah. Number one, where's the drugs? Number yeah. two, give me the drugs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, dude. And we know from the first film that this town has a sleep center. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fucking yeah. Nancy. That's the least you can do. She went to Dr. Roger Rabbit or whatever, and then he <laughs> helped her out. Well, she, he didn't help her out, but he, he did. He did not help her out. He studied her sleep. Yeah. yeah. But we're not doing that here, I guess. <laughs> but the next morning, Ken ascends a ladder outside to tighten bars on Jesse's window. He looks down and sees his wife chasing after Jesse and asking a ton of questions. Jesse tells his mom that whatever is going on with him is something he needs to work out on his own but she tells him that she's very concerned about him. Jesse tells his mom that he's fine and snaps at her to just leave him alone. She asks if they can talk about it, but he tells her that they can't. And I don't know why they can't. No. Yeah. (laughs) There's really no reason. We just can't. I mean, you can't get into specifics. You can't say about the murder or whatever. Right. But you can say something's something's wrong. Yeah. Yeah. You saw that. We all saw the bird explode. And I think it might be related. (laughs) Yeah. Everyone had a front row seat to that. Yes. Yeah. But we're pretending that you don't hear about it. Yeah, no. no. But Jesse just hops into his car and speeds away as his mother walks over to his father. She says that Jesse needs professional help and that he ought to see a psychiatrist. Ken isn't into this idea, but Cheryl says that Jesse needs help and she doesn't know how to give it to him. She says that he's in trouble. But Ken snaps at her, saying Jesse is not in trouble. What he really needs is a good goddamn kick in the butt. Like you say, goddamn, but not ass. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but Cheryl disagrees, and when Ken suggests that what Jesse actually needs is a methadone clinic, she just walks away, storming back into the house. Ken trips up the ladder to continue tightening the bars. Um, I hate him. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's why you almost fell. Yeah. <laughs> Instant karma. Yeah. yeah. One thing I will say is that the tightening of the bars really doesn't matter because it's not as if Jesse stays here at all for the rest of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> no. Sh- <laughs> so I don't, I don't get that at all. He's not even grounded because uh, there is a party. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Sh- <laughs> but Jesse arrives at the school with Lisa riding passenger in his car. But as soon as they park, they notice a police car parked in front of the school. Jesse bursts out of the driver's side door, the camera following him as he runs over toward it. He bumps into Grady, who asks where he's been. He tells him that Schneider was killed last night. He details that the coach's body was found in the shower, hacked to ribbons, and the police found bloody footprints leading away. 
Did they say what size the footprints were? <laughs> <laughs> Jesse does look very uneasy. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> but once again, the scene just sort of ends. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I thought it would be more about his school day or something. <laughs> Not at all. But that night, Jesse sits up awake in his bed, sweat covering him as he stands and walks over to his desk. He hears something moving around in one of the drawers, and when he pulls it open, he finds Freddy's glove moving its fingers all on its own. That looked cool. It did. It did. What's funny is, again, these tricks that you know, it's just somebody's hand through a hole. Yeah. But it still looks great. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But Jesse hears Freddy's voice echoing in his head. Kill for me. Jesse throws on a shirt and a pair of pants and heads out into the hallway. He walks over to Angela's room and pushes the door open to find her wearing a white dress with a light blue ribbon, jumping rope, and singing. One, two, Freddy's coming for you. Go to bed. (laughs) (laughs) She continues skipping rope. Three, four, better lock your door. Jesse stares on, letting her get a little further into the song. <laughs> and then what happens? <laughs> Five, six, grab your crucifix. At this point, he's over it and closes the door. But we cut to the next morning at breakfast. <laughs> yes. The previous scene is just over. I, I don't understand. He, This is a big <laughs> deal. Yeah. yeah, no shit. <laughs> but so does he go back to bed? I Maybe. guess. What Presumably. Is, yeah. While we're at breakfast, (laughs) get past it. Uh, The Walsh parents sit eating waffles as Jesse walks in. He pours himself a cup of coffee, asking his father why it took them five years to sell this house. Ken just supposes that they couldn't get the right price, but Jesse comes correct with the facts, asking his father, you didn't know about the murder across the street or the crazy girl who saw the whole thing? Ken says that he knew something about it. Yeah, they might have mentioned all the horrors. (laughs) I guess, maybe. But this surprises Cheryl, who had no idea. When he notices his wife's reaction, Ken asks her, well, how do you think we got such a good deal? I at least would tell you. Mm. I mean, I maybe not the kids, but I'd be like, look, check this out. We got a deal on this house. (laughs) Check this out. Check this out. The only problem, Mm -hmm. something not so chill happened. (laughs) So... I mean, but I feel like at least tell your spouse. Yeah. You know what I mean? Tell your partner you're getting this house, even if it's for a deal, something happened here or there's a history or some shit. This is what it is. You don't need to scare the children or maybe tell them at a later date, but at least your partner, at least yes. let them know. I mean, it's it's sinister all over again. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and that pissed me off too. <laughs> <laughs> well, her questions were very... He lied technically Come on, yeah. <laughs> he did I'm, Come on. I'm giving him an allowance with his Ethan no. Hawk. No. <laughs> but Jesse asks if he knew that the girl lost her mind and her mother killed herself in their living room Cheryl is flabbergasted I was also flabbergasted because that literally didn't happen if we all recall from the first film Nancy's mom turns into a skeleton animatronic yeah. Yeah. (laughs) For reasons undetermined and slowly (laughs) just sinks down into the bed like it's an elevator. Yeah. So don't be making shit up. Yeah, that's we you're on the right side. (laughs) You don't have to lie. (laughs) But Angela tells her mom that she's scared and retreats to the arms of her father. Cheryl just says that Jesse and her father are playing, but says that they shouldn't be talking about this right now. Ken blames Jesse for his sister's fear and says that he doesn't want to hear anything more about it. He says there's absolutely nothing wrong with this house. 
How is that his fault? For bringing you the facts? Yeah. <laughs> Just like the bird bursting into flames was his fault. <laughs> so it's not. It's no. not. <laughs> but just then, Angela smells something burning, and out of nowhere, the toaster behind Jesse catches fire. Ken snaps into action to put it out, saying it's the craziest damn thing he's ever seen. And he did see a bird explode. Yeah, no, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> Just the other day. No, it's not. <laughs> well, well, he says that it's not plugged in. That's what, true. Yeah. Now, the bird is still crazier. That I'm is sorry. true. Because he does, he holds the cord and he's like, it wasn't even plugged in. But Well, hold on now. Let's talk about this. All hold right. on. Because you do bring a... Now, I'm not saying a bird exploding isn't crazy on its own. Mm-hmm. But the toaster catching fire unplugged, you're telling me that's not all I don't know, it's got equal or I mean It's got parts and stuff in there. Who knows? Something is wrong unplugged. and then it It is unplugged, but there's yeah, coils in there. You don't know. There's no bomb in a bird. There's no bomb in a bird. There's no incendiary. Unless, unless Jesse put one there. <laughs> <laughs> in which case I might be starting to believe his dad. <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, Did I do that too? Yeah. Did like, I make the toaster explode He's like, too? he threw a damn cherry bomb in our toaster. <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, but then again, I think that's the thing for me is that we've both experienced two very strange happenings. Yeah. Why are we in denial about both of them? Something, Something's not right here. Yes. Because we got a really good deal on this house. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to work out. How much is that worth? Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. But Cheryl holds Angela and appears very worried. And so I thought that this was going to be the start of maybe her and Jesse being the only ones that are like, okay, this is weird. Mm -hmm. Okay. But Cheryl literally, yep. nothing, nothing at all. But we got to Jesse driving around with Lisa. Lisa tells him that he can't feel bad about what happened to Coach Schneider and that just because he dreamt it doesn't mean that he did it. So I did dream it, but also I was found wandering naked on the highway <laughs> after and those footprints are definitely coming back as size Jesse. <laughs> so, I think you're really belittling what happened. Yeah. Well, even if that, even, even let's take that away. Okay. I still had this nightmare about coach getting murdered and everything that I dreamt is the same thing that actually happened. Yeah. Well, she's I, already been like, do you think you're having a premonition? Right. So... I feel like Lisa makes a lot of allowances for Jesse. She does. Yeah. She's like, you wouldn't do that, though. Yeah. <laughs> but again, I do appreciate that he is telling her this. Yes. Yeah. Even if she's doing her own things with it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but Jesse makes a left turn at Lisa's direction, and she tells him that she really thinks that it's all in his mind, like he's picking up on psychic signals. They pull past a junkyard and in front of an abandoned building. Jesse asks what this place is, and Lisa says that it's from Nancy's diary. When she talked about finding herself in a boiler room, well, this is where Fred Krueger worked. I love to see Lisa doing all of this legwork and research on her own. Mm -hmm. I am upset that we did not get a microfiche scene <laughs> of her getting this information, but I appreciate her taking all of this seriously and going the extra mile. Right. It does seem interesting to me that she believes so much of it. Yeah. And I mean, it's good that Jesse has her in his corner. Yeah. yeah. But at the same time, what we get from this visit is... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe you should have researched something else. <laughs> but Lisa says that it's an old power plant. She pulls a newspaper clipping out of her bag, saying that she did a little reading on Fred Krueger. The headline of the paper in Jesse's hands reads, Springwood Slasher Arrested. This is followed by another newspaper with the headline, 
Kruger freed on technicality. Now, in the first film, they talked about this technicality being one person not <laughs> signing the right paper. Yeah. But there is more than enough crimes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that I think they can at least have gotten him on something. On one of them. Yes. They're like, damn it. <laughs> Our hands are tied. Yes. I mean, breaking and entering. Even? Yeah. I mean, nothing. Anything. But the two head inside the building, surrounded by old metal machinery. And Lisa says that the place has been closed for a long time. She tells them that Freddie kidnapped about 20 children and brought them here to kill them. 20. Yes. Damn. But not one charge. Yeah. <laughs> no. Stuck. Like, we had to drop all these. <laughs> <laughs> but Jesse surveys the area as the wind howls around them. Lisa asks if he feels anything because she thought that he might be able to make a connection. Jesse just says that he feels like a jerk, but Lisa tells him to concentrate. He focuses for a moment, but he doesn't feel anything at all. But just then, he spies an old cabinet leaning up against a metal pillar. He walks over to it, and with Lisa clinging to his arm, goes to open it. Tension mounts as he pulls the door open to find a rat. <laughs> the rat is like, can I help you? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I live here. This you don't... is my house. <laughs> it squeaks around its little nest as Jesse closes the door and Lisa clings to him. I thought more was going to come of that when yes. she's like concentrate you know what i mean she's like shut your mouth and just try to feel it mm -hmm. no nothing and so she's like there's mice here let's oh, get the fuck, fuck out <laughs> let's go home and i will say because as it continues i thought this was still part of it yeah because in the walsh basement the furnace springs to a fiery life as the camera travels up the stairs in a pov shot we see a shadow approach the door and open it and head upstairs to angela's room freddie's gruff voice says Wake up, little girl. Angela rolls over with her eyes closed, asking what time it is. We then see that it is actually Jesse standing over her, and he tells her that it's late and to go back to sleep. He goes to put the covers back over her, but he realizes that he's currently wearing Freddy's glove. So they've returned home, yeah. had dinner, <laughs> gone to bed. Like, I swear, I thought what was happening was the, the connection would be that something was going on at the house while they were here. Nope. Right. And then he would have to go and uh, save her or fix it or something. But this is hours later. Yeah. yeah. And he had Freddie's voice. So I'm like, so this is a full on possession now. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that... <laughs> That is that is a little weird. <laughs> the time just jumped like that. Yeah, and it is literally like Nay said because they saw the rat and Lisa's like, I'm leaving. Fuck yeah. this. <laughs> and instead of doing what you came here to do, which is to go inside this building. Right. Yeah. They weren't even fully inside yeah. the building. <laughs> like, I just, I don't get it. She's like, it's scary, Jesse. <laughs> That's a bad idea. But after this encounter, Jesse sits at his desk, drinking a Coke and taking some pep pills that are called Stay Awake Without the Y and Stay. Yeah. Stowick. Stowick. Um, <laughs> There's also another Coke on his desk, mm -hmm. and that did make me laugh. I was like, Joan Crawford would be furious. <laughs> <laughs> but so, see, so it, it was weird because we had talked off mic, and, and of course, while we've been doing this, about how... He just has to blink his eyes and then Freddie <laughs> possesses him. Yeah. But I, I feel like this where he's taking these like no dose or stay awake or whatever. He's obviously there is the jumps in the scenes, but <laughs> he's got to be sleeping or taking these micro naps or something that he's that afraid. But we don't ever see that shit. I would like to see that. Yeah. yeah. We don't ever see it. But the next morning, 
Jesse joins his parents in the kitchen, lying that he slept fine when he's asked. He makes a beeline for the coffee and pours himself a cup. <laughs> and again, we're, we're going with Nancy's methods. Yeah. But none of the reasoning for it. Yeah. Because yeah. it doesn't really matter. You can drink as much coffee as you want. He does. Freddie is just... But the, yeah. but this is when it would make sense if Lisa's doing this research that she finds Nancy. Yes. And Nancy's like, don't go to sleep. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, I can't go to sleep. Because his understanding of everything right now has not, has nothing to do with sleep. Yeah. Because <laughs> he was awake. He went to the club. He, yeah. He's fucking. He knows his legs are telling him he ran those laps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not a dream i just don't understand <laughs> well plus he said too he knows that he killed coach yeah he yeah. knows that so <laughs> they're like jesse shut up <laughs> sick of you saying that you keep saying it i killed coach i murdered coach yeah. it's like, jesus christ <laughs> trying to have breakfast like a broken record with this kid <laughs> But Cheryl tells Jesse that he's looking better, which no, he's yeah. not. This kid is never. He looks <laughs> his eyes. He looks haunted. He looks yeah. terrible. <laughs> but Ken looks at his son and then at his wife, and it it did seem as though he was kind of like, "Are we looking at the same kid?" Yeah. Or, but he doesn't say anything. He's probably like drugs. Oh, oh. No, shut <laughs> up. <laughs> but in the car, Lisa asks Jesse if he had another nightmare. He says that he did, and Lisa asks if he wants to talk about it. He tells her that his father thinks that he's on drugs, his mother thinks that he's crazy, and he doesn't know if he agrees with her or not at this point. But we cut to them at school. <laughs> <laughs> the editing in this film is just wild. It's, it's all over it's the joy. place. <laughs> Lisa snags her lunch in the cafeteria with Carrie, who asks what's wrong with Jesse. Lisa just says that she doesn't know what's wrong with him. Jesse sits at a table with Grady, who asks, with his mouth full of food, if Jesse wants to hang out and watch a movie or something sometime. He says they could get things off of his mind and maybe even grab a pizza or something. First of all, swallow your food before you talk. Yeah. Secondly, I love that they're just besties now. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's so strange to me that they set they set this up with him knocking a baseball into his skull. Yeah. Yeah. And then tackling him. And then taunting him and then pantsing him. Yeah. Yeah. And then now it's like, you want to hang out? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But Lisa and Carrie sit down at the table before Jesse can answer that question. Carrie asks if Grady is going to Lisa's house tomorrow for the party, but he says that he can because he's grounded. They ask him why, and he says he threw his grandmother down a flight of stairs. And we don't learn if this is a joke or not. Yeah, Yeah. I was like, I'm sorry. I was waiting for the punchline, and it just didn't come. No, (laughs) he just keeps eating. That was just it. (laughs) And never swallowing. No. No, He's just shoveling it in there. You got to eat it. That's important. Tasting is great, but you got to eat it. (laughs) But Lisa tells Jesse that he should eat something, but he says that he isn't hungry. Tearfully... She says that she wishes that Jesse would just talk to her. They could figure it all out together. Lisa, not in front of Grady and Carrie. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, this is our we secret. We're doing this in front yeah. of everybody. <laughs> but Jesse tells her that there's nothing to figure out. His mouth's still full of food. Grady says that he doesn't know why Lisa is wasting her time on Jesse. He's a basket case. Like, are you friends or not? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but full of fury and not even looking over, Jesse just shouts, Shut up, Grady. Grady very dramatically says that if he wants him to shut up, he'll shut up. 
He then tosses his napkin onto his tray and gets up to leave. But then he puts a hand on Jesse's shoulder and he says, see you around, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Are you friends or not? M- mouth full of food. <laughs> it's like, oh my God, dude. I'm so confused. <laughs> He's like, I, I st- you're going through something. Yeah. I'm still here for you. I'm pissed off right now. But yeah. we're, we're but still we'll catch a movie. It's fine. <laughs> But Lisa just looks at Jesse, who pushes his tray forward without a word. We then cut immediately to the Weber house. Mr. Weber, played by Tom McFadden, standing at the grill, flipping burgers. The camera pulls back to reveal that the party is in full swing. And I mean full swing because it's literally some fucking Great Gatsby-style music playing. (laughs) (laughs) It made me laugh because it's exactly what Lisa was afraid of. Yeah. And it's funny. And it's also funny as well because the party was tomorrow night. So we cut from lunch <laughs> <laughs> to literally, they're like, well, yeah, nothing happens here. Nothing important. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, don't you think that Freddie would like threaten Jesse a little bit before the party? <laughs> oh, yeah. There's like, time just nothing. Like you said, yeah, nothing's gone. Not even no Freddie. No, no. <laughs> it's like, this has been a pretty good day. <laughs> I think I might be back to normal. So what is what, two God. days in between? Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> it's at least been 36 hours. Yeah. <laughs> of no Freddy related incidents, trauma, He's got to save his energy. Save yeah. his energy. He's, he's <laughs> stockpiling it yeah. for what we're about to see tonight. <laughs> he's like, that's going to take a lot. Yeah. That's going to take it out of me. I'm going to take the day off. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to say that this was cool as shit of her parents to do this. Oh, yeah. yeah. They're making burgers for everybody. Yeah. It's very, very and nice. And they're like, Dad, your music fucking sucks. It's <laughs> like, be fucking <laughs> grateful. It's like, I just made 48 burgers. <laughs> <laughs> Show me some respect. But it is apparently tomorrow night, and a crowd of teenagers surround the pool with one diving into it and drawing the ire of Mr. Weber. Lisa gives her mom a look and Mrs. Weber swoops in, telling her husband that it's time for bed. (laughs) He puts one of the teens, played by Robert Chaskin, in charge of the grill as Lisa stares across the party at Jesse, who sits alone at one of the tables. So Jesse's here. Yeah. The bars. That's why why I was surprised because I thought the last time, I thought that it went from lunch to this is tonight. Uh-huh. Yeah, me too. So I was like, I'm honestly surprised that Jesse came at all because he was really agitated. <laughs> and the dad just picking some random kid. Yeah. yeah. He's like, here, this is your job. Watch the, watch the hot dogs. But Mr. Weber tells his daughter that the party is over at 1230. No later. Lisa agrees and her mother tells her to have a nice time ushering Mr. Weber off to bed. Lisa watches as Jesse leaves the table and heads into the pool house. Carrie asks what's wrong with Jesse, but Lisa says that she doesn't know. Some uncredited blonde guy comes up behind Carrie and puts his hands on her shoulders as Lisa walks over to the pool house to check on Jesse. But she asks if she can come in and then just lets herself inside. (laughs) Jesse is getting changed into his regular clothes and tells Lisa that he's going to leave because he's just not into this. He apologizes as he buttons his shirt and Lisa asks why he won't talk to her, but he just tells her to leave him alone. She tells him that he isn't being fair, and she wants to help him. She sits down beside him, and he asks how she can help him. What can she possibly do for him? He says he feels like he's losing his mind, and he doesn't want her to watch him fall apart. He tells her that he's afraid to go to sleep, he's afraid to stay awake, and now he's ruining her party. (laughs) (laughs) 
I mean, this is an order of importance. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he says that they're going to take him away. And Lisa tells him not to talk like that, saying that she'll stay up all night with him if she has to. She says that she's not going to let anything happen to him. And they look each other in the eyes for a moment and then slowly lean in for a kiss. She's like, you seem really stressed. Let's bone about it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> a little decorum. That, what, that, that, <laughs> that was. That, that was my thing. <laughs> really? <laughs> he, you know what's going on with him. Uh-huh. You understand the situation. You've heard, I'm telling you crazy shit. I keep talking about killing coach. <laughs> but, I won't shut up yeah. about it. <laughs> but then it's like, oh, here, come here, let me kiss you. Like, I mean, any time's a good time, but right now, maybe let's but wait But dude's a got a lot on his plate. Yeah. <laughs> well, I feel like, I don't know, her reaction to him, period, has been kind of strange the whole film. Yeah. Even when he got knocked in the head, she, or no, when he when he got pants, she was like, ah <laughs> <laughs> Like, this is supposed to be the, <laughs> you're in love with this dude, but. <laughs> she forgot that was her right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, oh shit. Yeah. It's just been strange. And then. Even with the dreams, like she's, it seems like she's taking it seriously, but not seriously in the way that Jesse needs. Yeah, because earlier she was offering advice and being helpful, and maybe it's a premonition and whatever. And yeah. she's just like, "Oh no, let me hold you, baby. It's all right." <laughs> like, yeah. Well, she did say they'd stay up all night. I mean, this is her stay awake. <laughs> yeah, all right. This kind of when I had talked at the top about what Peaches Christ had said, um, it was this that audiences weren't ready for. Lisa to be in the more masculine role and for Jesse to be like the Nancy of this, mm -hmm. the final girl is always like victimized to survive. You know what I mean? Like they overcome something. Mm -hmm. So Peaches Christ was basically saying that you audiences weren't ready to see a man be victimized to overcome something. Which I, I thought was interesting. I mean, it's an inter interesting interpretation. I, I feel like Watching it now, I never, and maybe that's just because of my thoughts on not f falling into gender roles. Yeah. Right. To where I see this and I see nothing out of the ordinary. Yeah. Or anything that I would be like, well, that's not how it should go. Yeah. But this is, this is totally fine for me. If you think about an 80s slasher. They have, yeah. This is against type. There's not a titty to be seen. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I mean, it does not follow the archetype of the gender roles that are assigned to these movies right. back in the day. So I, I just thought that that was an interesting take because like I said, Scream King. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like this is not what we get from these 80 slashers at all. Yeah. And then this scene, you know, this is the, the Billy Loomis, like, come here, it's okay. You know? <laughs> it's yeah. just, it's interesting because it does feel very, um, just not typical for the time. Honestly, I feel like when it, it, it upsets me the reaction that it got because instead of being like annoyed that it's not following those conventions, it should be kind yes. of celebrated for being more progressive yes. in its ideas. Yeah, but, but it's, you know. it's, you know. Yeah, that I'm kind of with you. I, I feel like that this is, this is normal. Not everybody is going to be the pursuer. Not everybody's going to like, who does it matter yeah. who made the move first or who, whatever it's, it shouldn't make him any less because he didn't try to kiss her first or her kissing him or being uh, not the aggressor, but her being like, you know what I mean? Initiating. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's the antiquated 
toxic masculinity bullshit. I mean, yeah. that's that's what it is. And if that's going to ruin the movie for you, then maybe you shouldn't be watching yep. anyway. Yeah, fuck off. <laughs> yeah. That's a really stupid I reason. Just, yeah. I, I thought that that was a very interesting take because yeah. I was like, well, damn, okay. I didn't think about it like that. And a lot of the critics did kind of get annoyed at that. I was like, that, yeah. that is so fucking annoying. It is. Yeah. That is. It's just so ridiculous to me. But partygoers watched the Weber parents' bedroom window in anticipation, <laughs> literally muttering, any second <laughs> <Yeah>. now, <laughs> any second. And we watch as they retire to their bed, clinking glasses of liquor and kissing a little bit. Mrs. Weber shuts off the lights and all the partygoers rejoice very loudly, announcing at the top of their lungs, party time they're still home yeah and it was one second they're still awake <laughs> yes. they change the music all kinds of shit but they do switch the music they pull out cans of beer on a wagon carrie makes out with that dude in the pool and he takes her top off people dive into the pool and i very much appreciated that mr weber we see them again yeah and he's annoyed at the shift of the volume but Mrs. Weber reminds him that they're kids. So it isn't as if the parents are just, just out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I liked that little bit of reality. Oh, yeah. yeah. But in the pool house, things are getting hot and heavy between Jesse and Lisa. Jesse is on top of her and she leans her head back and closes her eyes as he kisses her chest. But suddenly, a large gray tongue slithers out of Jesse's mouth. We're not going to be able to go any further with that tongue. <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna have to pump the brakes right now. That, that thing that, looked really gross. It was nasty. <laughs> that big gray dead yeah. tongue. <laughs> the funny, Arr! the funny thing about it is that Jaeger. This is one of the things he complained about mm -hmm. because he had said that they designed a full animatronic with this tongue, and that this sequence went on way longer. Yeah. And then whenever he sees the film in its final cut, we literally uh, see like two seconds. Yeah. And so that was one of the things he literally, in an interview with Fangoria, was complaining about the film. Yeah. So, I mean, it's very Damn. interesting. Yeah. But that's one of a few. There's one coming up that is that I really would have liked to see more of that we do not. But I'll continue. Yeah. All right. Before Lisa opens her eyes again, Jesse is able to push the tongue into his mouth, but he just <laughs> lies there on top of her with his hands clasped over it. He stumbles away from her, putting his shoes back on as she asks him what's wrong. But he just leaves without a word, leaving Lisa confused and irritated. Well, he had his tongue out, and then he's got it back in, and he's leaving. It's like, what happened? It's very confusing. Yeah. Mixed messages. Yeah. <laughs> well, we cut immediately to Jesse falling onto Grady in his bed, putting a hand over his mouth. This scares the shit out of Grady, who wakes up fearful. Well, yeah. When you think about all that Jesse had to do for, <laughs> yeah. for this to happen, because we learn, we do learn that Jesse did not take his car to this location. No. So not only did Jesse run here in the middle of the night, <laughs> he broke into this house. Yes. It wasn't like the parents were still awake and they're like, oh yeah, Grady's in no, this. No, yeah. so it's like, how did he get in his room? I don't know. Again, it feels dreamlike. <laughs> it does. Plus he's grounded so they wouldn't let him in the room. That's You're true. Right. You're that right. That is true. <laughs> like he threw his grandmother yeah. down the stairs, dude. <laughs> he's no fucking no visitors. <laughs> You're lucky we didn't call the <laughs> But Jesse turns on an overhead light and he closes Grady's bedroom door. Grady asks what the fuck he's doing here, and Jesse tells him that he's in trouble. He says he needs Grady to let him stay here tonight. Grady asks if he's out of his mind, and Jesse honestly says that he doesn't know. But Grady suggests going home and taking a bottle of sleeping pills, but Jesse just skulks over to the corner of the room, admitting out loud, I killed Schneider. 
There you go with that bullshit again about killing coach. <laughs> oh Great. my god! Will you stop <laughs> trying to sleep? <laughs> but Grady responds shocked. But Jesse explains that the thing was it wasn't him. There's something inside of him. And last night it made him go to his sister's room. And then tonight with Lisa in the cabana, it started happening again. Grady sits up in bed, telling Jesse that he thinks he's losing it. But Jesse says that he's scared and that something is trying to get inside of his body. Grady says that, yeah, she's waiting in the cabana while Jesse's here trying to sleep with him. Scoot over, man. There's enough room for both of us in there. <laughs> Shit. I just want to take a nap. I need a nap. <laughs> what kills me is the fact that he was asleep. Like, yeah. He was asleep asleep. Mm-hmm. And now it's his responsibility to stay up <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and watch you. That's that's really funny. <laughs> but Jesse says he doesn't care if Grady believes him or not. But Grady says that he does believe him. And he he goes, you've had some scary dreams. <laughs> it's like, well, I'll give true. you that. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> but Jesse says that he doesn't know. He's all messed up. He's in trouble and he needs Grady's help. He sits down in a chair across from Grady's bed, who mulls it over for a moment. Grady finally says that he'll help, but asks what Jesse wants him to do. Jesse says to just watch him as he sleeps. If he starts to act weird, starts dreaming weird, or he gets up to leave, Grady has to stop him. He says he doesn't care what he has to do, but don't let him leave. And most importantly, Grady can't fall asleep. I was asleep. (laughs) Yeah. I'm tired. And honestly, for all Jesse knows about the workings of Freddy, Grady could fall asleep. (laughs) Yeah, no (laughs) shit. We have no idea (laughs) if this is connected. Because you know what would have, if if maybe, if Jesse, okay, maybe Jesse finishes his shower in the gym. Right. And he finds Coach asleep at his desk. And then that's when shit goes crazy. Yeah. Okay. okay. That would make a lot more sense for him to start thinking stuff like this. Yeah. Because otherwise it's like, where How'd are you, you get getting there? Yeah. <laughs> we know that, but yeah. you don't know that. We saw the first film. <laughs> but back at the party, Lisa sits next to Carrie on the side of the pool. Carrie's boyfriend or lover or whatever tells her <laughs> to get back into the pool, but she tells him that she's busy, so he just swims away. Lisa says she feels like she should go see Jesse, but that she can't just leave the party. Carrie says fuck the party and tells Lisa to go see him, and Lisa agrees. This scene is unneeded <laughs> <laughs> because like you literally need Carrie to tell you to go see him. Yeah. You, you need that. No not shit. O- not only, <laughs> not only that, but she doesn't. No. Like, <laughs> no. <laughs> so let me try on a new shirt. She like goes upstairs. Like I just, this scene is weird. She doesn't even leave. But back in his bedroom, Grady flips through the channels on his television as Jesse sleeps. But after a moment of surfing the channels and finding nothing, He looks over at Jesse and wishes him sweet dreams before shutting off the TV and the light above him. As soon as Grady closes his eyes, Jesse opens his to a flourish in the score. I do want to call out the score because it was done by Christopher Young. All right. And we talk about him quite a bit on the show because he scored Sinister and he scored Hellraiser and the interestingly titled Hellbound Hellraiser (laughs) (laughs) 2. But he's, uh, he's prolific. Uh, composer. Hell yeah. But um, I think he does great work here as well. Yeah. yeah. But Jesse lurches up, screaming for Grady and telling him that it's happening again. Grady turns on his light and gets out of bed, watching as Jesse clutches his stomach in pain. 
all right, we got to stop trying to handle this in-house. Yeah. <laughs> I We got to call somebody. <laughs> Who? Anybody. Yeah. The police, an ambulance, my dad, somebody. <laughs> the church, anybody. anybody. Yeah, any, anything. Nancy Thompson. Yeah. Nancy Thompson. We should have called. <laughs> <laughs> but Jesse holds his arm out and watches as blades begin to grow out of his fingertips. His arms rip open to reveal a striped sweater underneath. Grady looks on in horror and backs away to his bedroom door, banging on it and screaming for his father. Jesse reaches his feet, putting his back against the wall. He screams in pain and through his open mouth, we see Freddy's eye looking around. I love that shot. Oh, that's fantastic. That was fucking awesome. (laughs) I learned on that documentary that the eye that we see in the mouth belongs to the girlfriend of Kevin Yeager at the time. Nah, that's cool. <laughs> so it was like they I think they said that she was the only one that could fit behind the apparatus yeah. to have her eye be seen. Mm-hmm. And so it just worked out that way. <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> but Jesse sinks to the floor, and much like the wall in the room where Nancy was sleeping in the first film, the skin of his abdomen begins to stretch in the shape of a face. I thought that was a pretty cool Yeah. Yeah. Almost like an homage. Mm-hmm. But and I will I say an homage, but I did see an interview with Jack Shoulder and he said, you know, I didn't really care for the first film. I didn't really watch it all that much. I wasn't really trying to capture anything from the first film in this one. I can can tell. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) I can tell Jack. (laughs) Jesse reaches out for Grady's help, but his arm seems to have a mind of its own as his sharp fingers slash his abdomen open and Freddie tears through as if he's being born again. Born fully clothed. Yeah. (laughs) Interesting. The tattered remains of Jesse's body fall away as Freddy steps out triumphantly, rising to his feet. So I want to call out the effects. Right. This effect of him crawling through the entire body of everything Mm -hmm. was designed by Mark Shostrom. He worked on the original Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm -hmm. Okay. But he has a ton of uncredited work on IMDb, everything from Evil Dead 2 to the X-Files. Oh, wow. But he worked with Bart Mixon, who we talked about on episode 100, the It miniseries. Hey. Mm-hmm. And they designed a full life cast of Mark Patton. And it took 11 weeks to build everything for the sequence. Damn. Holy, well, it looks great. It does. Yeah. And this is one of the things that I was saying at the beginning where it may not have as many iconic moments as the first film. Mm-hmm. This is iconic. Yeah. No, this is great. It is. It looks fantastic. But Mr. and Mrs. Grady, played by Lyman Ward and Donna Bruce, finally rush to their son's bedroom door, but they can't open it. (laughs) I laughed out loud because the dad goes, Ron, it's your father. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean. Oh, that's hilarious. Of all the things to say, you hear him screaming for his life. He's like, it's dad. (laughs) (laughs) Open up. (laughs) I did want to say, and I don't know if they were joking or not, but on that documentary, uh-huh. Shoulder had said that Bob Shea wanted to play the role of Grady's father so much that when he was told that he couldn't play the role, he almost fired Shoulder from the <gasps> film. Get the fuck out of here. And so that's why he ends up- <gasps> What the it. fuck? That's why he plays a bartender because it was like a consolation. Yeah. To he, give him something. He's barely in this. Yeah. yeah I don't know. know. No why, shit. Why do you want it so bad? He's like, he's like, it's your father. See, I can do it. I told yeah. you. He's in the mirror. Ron, Ron it's, it's your, your father. father. <laughs> Ron, it's your father. No, he has his, he has his sides going into the audition and he throws them. <laughs> <laughs> he like fucking gets into character. <laughs> Ron? He's like, oh, this dude's got it. (laughs) He's like, you know, Brad Pitt auditioned for this role? (laughs) 
<laughs> it's all you, Bob. But yeah, I thought it was so strange that that this role. Yeah, that's wild. He's like, well, fuck the whole thing. Then. <laughs> it's it's not the coach. It's not Freddy Krueger. It's not <laughs> even even Jesse's dad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No shit. You yeah, do sh- see him a little more. I yeah. was gonna say he got more. more yeah. <laughs> He's like, I really I did. <laughs> Ron, it's your father. <laughs> But Freddie just laughs, putting on his hat and making his way over to Grady. He lifts him by his throat, and from the outside of the door, four thin slices puncture through it, causing Mr. Grady to bang on it even harder, screaming for his son. Grady's eyes stare off lifelessly as blood pours from his mouth, and he sinks to the floor. But the camera finds Freddie in a mirror, waving goodbye and cackling. It's revealed that it is Jesse who is standing over Grady's corpse, and he's covered in his friend's blood. Jesse stands there crying, and Freddie just keeps laughing, taunting Jesse with one of his blades. It's the uh, 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 uh. yeah, <laughs> That's exactly what I wrote. <laughs> Freddie, he's having a great time. He is, he is. But what a dick! You make me kill my friend, then you're just sitting there uh, laughing uh, uh, at me. Yeah, what, what's all that about, man? I thought we were cool. <laughs> <laughs> But Jesse screams at Freddy, calling him a son of a bitch and saying that he killed Grady. Jesse tears off Freddy's glove and throws it at the mirror, shattering it, but Freddy just keeps on laughing in the broken glass. Jesse then hears police sirens wailing outside as he continues to scream at Freddy, and police officers begin banging on the bedroom door. As they start to break it down, Jesse bails out of the window. So I was like, how long has this been going on? Yeah. (laughs) You arguing with Freddie that they can call the police and they arrive? I don't know. It also made me laugh all the stuff that he touched on the way out. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Let me get my prints on everything. Let me get my bare hands. (laughs) (laughs) But after a few panning shots over the party, we cut to Lisa inside getting changed to go meet Jesse. But as soon as she heads downstairs and opens the door, Jesse is already at the door, covered in blood. He lets himself inside and Lisa follows behind him, asking him what happened. (laughs) Very distraught and staring off into a trance, Jesse just repeats, I killed him. Not listening at all. (laughs) Lisa tells Jesse that he's hurt and asks him again what happened. Lisa, please. (laughs) I killed him. What What? happened? (laughs) He's covered in blood. It couldn't be more clear. (laughs) But overcome with emotion, Jesse tells her that he killed Grady and he killed Schneider. He crumbles into tears, telling Lisa that he's so scared. Lisa asks him what he's talking about. (laughs) I don't understand. Again, you were being morally supportive earlier. Uh-huh. You were talking about the premonitions. You were trying to help him figure it out. Now you're like, what? Yeah. Who are you again? Yeah, you're ruining my party. <laughs> <laughs> Why will no one listen to him? I don't know. But Jesse just tells her that he's inside of him and that he's scared. Lisa asks who is doing this to him. <laughs> And he shouts, Fred Krueger. Yeah. It's like the guy you researched all day. Yeah, you told you me his told name. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he's being a little loud. Her parents don't hear this shit. That's true. Yeah. They are just upstairs and they're at the bottom of the stairs. Yeah. But Jesse says that he's inside of him and he wants to take him again. He collapses onto the banister in front of her at the bottom of the stairs. But Lisa just tries to calm him down, telling him that this isn't happening. She says that it has to be everything that he's taken in lately. Schneider, the diary, the glove. It's just all mixed up in his head. Furious, 
Jesse asks what he has to do to make her understand. He says last night, Freddie tried to make him kill his sister. And right now, he literally has blood on his hands. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what aren't you seeing? <laughs> he says that Freddie owns him. But we cut back to the pool party. The camera panning across the water and we see that it's beginning to heat up. Carrie, now back in the pool with her blonde lover, asks if someone would turn down the heat in the pool. (laughs) (laughs) The teen that was put in charge of the grill sits chatting with his girlfriend, played by Kelly Rimson, when suddenly the hot dogs sitting on a cutting board catch fire and begin to pop. I was getting really hungry for charred hot dogs. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like, ooh, they're not done yet. Yeah, that was perfect. But he throws the hot dogs onto the grill and everyone cheers him on, calling him their hero. As he flexes, the beer cans in the wagon explode, spilling beer all over the lawn, which gets everyone's attention. Back in the living room, Lisa asks Jesse to sit with her because she wants him to hear something. It's something that Nancy said on the last page of her diary. She opens it up and reads, He is evil itself. I know now that I brought him into my world. We all did. Gave him all the energy he needed. Our screams were all he needed. He needs screams? Because Jesse's been giving it to him. (laughs) That's why he's here. This whole time. (laughs) And didn't a minute ago you just asked me who's doing this to me? Yeah, now Now by the way, I did read something. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That might, it could say a lot. (laughs) Maybe unrelated, but... (laughs) I don't know why. I just felt like this, like as we're going into the third act, th- for it all to be solved by this diary. Yeah. It's a little weak. <laughs> right? That they didn't really have to do any legwork at all. Nancy's just leaving everything for them. She's like, listen. <laughs> but back outside, we watch as a padlock closes and locks the fence of the backyard. The door to the Weber's bedroom also slams shut and locks, waking both of them up. But back downstairs, Lisa says that Nancy wasn't crazy and that all of this really happened. She tells Jesse that he can fight Freddy, but Jesse is suddenly overcome and clutches his stomach. He says that Freddy is coming back and tells Lisa to run away. But Lisa tells Jesse to fight him, but he says that he can't. Just then, the windows around them close and lock, as does the back door. As the fish tank begins to boil and her parents yell for her from upstairs, Lisa tells Jesse that he created Freddy with his fear and that he's living off of it, but he can fight him. Like, I didn't create shit. Yeah, yeah, I know. Like, he's been here. Like, <laughs> there's a whole first that happened. That yeah, happened. It's not my like my personality didn't split in two <laughs> the, this was here before me yeah he's just he's using me yeah but i didn't make anything yeah and, I, and i'm not gonna lie i love the thought of ghost freddy running around this house <laughs> locking doors and that doing sounds like shit. if he's still in him how is all of this shit happening yeah it's not explained no. <laughs> <laughs> but jesse screams again that he can't fight him and lisa tells him that he's not afraid of him he doesn't even exist The television pops and sparks and the fish tank bursts, spilling water onto the living room floor. And outside, the overhead lights begin to burst, sending the teenagers screaming and running around the pool. But back inside, Lisa looks around to where Jesse once stood, but he isn't there anymore. She calls out for him, but Freddy answers, dragging himself up from the floor and telling her, He can't fight me. I'm him. Which, all right. What? <laughs> you are? Okay. 
But as Freddy advances on her, Lisa smashes a lamp over his head and runs away out of an adjacent door. Yeah, he might not be able to fight you, but I can, <laughs> motherfuckers. <laughs> she runs through the dining room and for the front door, but Freddy seizes her. He drags her back to him by her leg, laughing as he takes a bite out of her ankle. I feel like that was a lot. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? Um, what are you doing? Isn't that what Patrick <laughs> Bateman did? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but she kicks him in the face and is able to get away. But when she rushes for the door to get out, partygoers rush over to her to get in. The doors will not open, though. But the pool begins to boil outside as Lisa grabs a knife to defend herself from Freddy. I laughed out loud because it's boiling. The pool's literally boiling. And yeah. then somebody goes, it's getting too hot. Yeah. <laughs> Get out. Like, this is getting? Why are you still in there? Well, it's boiling. It's starting. To- <laughs> it's not a rolling boil yet. We can still stand it. <laughs> but Lisa pleads for Jesse to help. But Freddie says that there is no Jesse. He's Jesse now. The partygoers watch from the window as Freddy walks over to Lisa, Jesse's voice leaking from his lips, asking Lisa to kill him. But Freddy just laughs as Lisa cries. He tells Lisa to kill Jesse and goes to slash her, and she tries to stab him repeatedly in the chest, but he just smiles as the knife will not go through his skin. I was like, fuck, is he made of felt? <laughs> <laughs> it's really like just soft. nestling yeah. in there, yeah. It's really weird. <laughs> And I will say that it's very funny for me because, again, I feel like this makes a lot more sense in a dream-like world. Yes. Yeah. But for all of these partygoers to be watching through the window, they're like, who the fuck is that? <laughs> Who's that guy? <laughs> Who's she fighting? Yeah, what? what? Where's Jesse? She tried to stab. It didn't work. What the hell? <laughs> what is going on? There was also like a big-ass sheet cake in here. Oh, yeah. I'm like, man, your parents really set yeah. you up. They were going to end the party right. <laughs> Freddy's here fucking it up. <laughs> yep. But Lisa looks on in disbelief as Jesse once again speaks from inside, telling Lisa that he loves her. Lisa drops the knife distraught, and Freddy grabs her by the throat. But then he begins to caress her with his glove, and in his own voice, he says, I love you, Lisa. Confused as all hell, <laughs> Me too. Freddy throws Lisa against the wall and dives through the glass door that leads to the pool. But mid-jump, he disappears. Yeah. It's <laughs> very important. But he couldn't disappear before he Kool-Aid man died. Yeah. <laughs> I love that this he- This is too much. He's so overcome with confusion. He's like, I'm out of here. Like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> I love you. I don't even know you. I never met you. <laughs> <laughs> But suddenly, everything seems to return to normal. The Weber's bedroom door opens on its own, and the partygoers pull their friends out of the pool, but a few of them slowly approach the shattered glass from the door to inspect it. Suddenly, Freddy bursts from underneath the patio like Rey Mysterio, crashing (laughs) through the floor and scaring the shit out of everyone. He really did. It was. Pyrotechnics went off and everything. I thought I heard the music. <laughs> I was like, where did he come from? Somebody needs to make an edit of that. Yeah. <laughs> the posture it was perfect. It was. <laughs> but the kids run away in terror as Freddy just starts wrecking the place. He slashes one teen across the face, killing him. And when the other party goers try to get out through the fence, it begins to glow a fiery red. I was like, why did he lock it then? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're just going to make it burn on contact. <laughs> also, his first order of business was fuck that table. Yeah. yeah. He went he just, flipped it over. <laughs> this is wild as fuck. I was like, I literally cannot believe my eyes right now. <laughs> no, 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 no. Chaos ensues as the pool is set ablaze and several of the party goers are burned alive. 
So this is the big one that Wes Craven hated. Yeah. yeah. He said there is no way. He's like, Freddy is going to look so small compared to these teenagers. Yeah. yeah. And he <laughs> does. does. Yeah. And it also doesn't make any sense at all. <laughs> I, I literally wrote, this is me getting tired writing my script. I said, this doesn't make any sense. Ha ha ha. I didn't well, know, I didn't little, know what else to say. He's like, I don't know how to feel right now. No. <laughs> I was just in, in utter disbelief. <laughs> because again, why is this, if we're going by any of the logic of anything, Jesse didn't pull him out. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing like it doesn't. I don't understand how this works with anything that we've known of Freddy before. Right. And visually, you could shoot this in a way that it could look more menacing, but you no. don't. Yeah. Freddy, Freddy's like five, four. <laughs> yeah. And some of these kids are just towering over yeah. him. Yeah. And he's just and he's <laughs> throwing launches. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that was his tactic the whole time. <laughs> it's just wild. I don't know why anybody thought this was a good idea. But the Webbers rush downstairs, calling out for Lisa, and find her collapse on the floor in the living room. Mr. Weber rushes to look out the patio door, where he sees a small man in a striped sweater terrorizing <laughs> a large group of teens. Some of the kids make their way over to the opposite fence, literally trampling a kid to death to get over it. Yeah. They and they do a shot of the kids, yeah. like the blood coming out of his mouth. Is like that's too much. Yeah. <laughs> they, they couldn't just get away. You have to kill a kid in the process. But another kid in a polo shirt makes a break for it but he gets four sharp fingers stabbed into his guts for his efforts. He pulls at his shirt as if he's more upset that it's stained. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then he's in tremendous pain. It's like, I just bought this. Yeah, it's like the intestinal trauma can wait. <laughs> right, my mom's going to kill me. <laughs> <laughs> but outside, Do-Gooder, played by Brian Wimmer, steps out in front of the group, telling Freddy to just calm down. <laughs> Man, he tried. Yeah. Yes. He's like, mellow out, man. Let's do some deep breathing. Yeah. You want a hot dog? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he approaches Freddy, asking him what he wants. But inside, Mr. Weber smashes a cabinet open and retrieves a shotgun. The do-gooder tells Freddy that he's here to help him. Freddy retorts, help yourself, fucker, setting the pool on fire again, which distracts the do-gooder. <laughs> yeah. And Freddy kills him. He slashes him across the face. I. It was just funny to me that he's like, huh? Yeah. <laughs> what? But the fire blazing behind him, Freddy holds out his arms to the rest of the party goers, exclaiming, you're all my children now. Okay, Pose. Yeah. <laughs> Look, see, and this, this shot it is what I'm great. saying. great, yeah. yeah. It looks brilliant. Everything else? <laughs> yeah, see, I remember this. Yes, that's great. Yeah. And even, I mean... The line is good, too. Yeah. yeah. Wes Craven says that he thinks Robert England wrote it. Okay. Which I'm not surprised. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's like, I got to salvage this. <laughs> <laughs> Bobby can fix it. I'll, I'll, I'll do some workshop. <laughs> but just then, Mr. Weber rushes out with his shotgun, blasting at Freddy, but missing wildly and exploding a bowl of fruit. Freddy gnashes his teeth at Mr. Weber as he frantically tries to reload his shotgun. 
Lisa runs out, stopping her father, though, wrestling the gun away from him as Freddy eyes her through the flames. She's like, Dad, no, I love him. <laughs> <laughs> he does like the Prince slash Charlie stare. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck? Why is he looking like that? What's funny to me is that if she's trying to get through to her dad that this is still Jesse, Freddy looking at her through the flames like, <laughs> yeah. is not helping no. at all. He's like, fucking where? Yeah. That's your boyfriend? That you like no, him? Yeah, no. <laughs> you fell in love with that? But Freddy skulks away, the party goers making a path for him as he explodes into a ball of fire through the back yeah. fence. He just leaves the fence and that's just it. Yeah. Mr. Weber stands confused, asking where he went. Really, dude? <laughs> Is that the question we have right now? Yeah, apparently. Not He's the like, fire. You're nope. never having a party here again. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, this is what happens when I'm not in control of the music, Lisa. It goes to shit. But when he asks where Freddie went, it seems that Lisa knows exactly where. But we cut to Lisa driving Jesse's car, the headlights beaming through the night as she parks in front of the abandoned factory where Freddie used to work. You mean you let your daughter take off? <laughs> That's true. Yeah. After all this, he's like, well, I guess go find him. Yeah. <laughs> it was funny to me that Freddie showed his entire ass at that party and was like, well, better go to work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Saying, oh, it's 930? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> well, he's got an excuse. He knows where he's going. He was hurt and he's all like, oh, yeah. I don't like yeah. it. And he took off. Fireball. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But she tears loose a piece of fabric and wraps a bandage around where Freddy bit her. She then goes to walk inside, but is confronted by two dogs who are wearing the grotesque faces of children. What the hell is that? <laughs> yeah. Um, this, they called it the Hounds of Hell. And it was one of the things that a lot of the effects people were like, yeah, we didn't have enough time. To <laughs> yeah, it went, oh. yeah. They said we wanted to do it better. And there's one sequence that comes up that is very not good. Um, and one of the effects people had like the funniest excuse for it. Okay. <laughs> okay. And this, he lumped that in with this too. All right. Because this is just the body of a rot, a baby's head and like <laughs> yeah. a jaguar screaming. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck. <laughs> screaming. Yeah. It looks like something like Silent Hill-ish to me. It looks, okay. it looks like something in the concept art for Silent yeah. Hill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let's, Fair enough. let's be real. Uh, uh, Hellraiser. Okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. More, maybe more to that. Even uh, in the mouth of madness when they tried it. Yeah. You know, but Lisa is startled for a moment, but quickly regains her composure and heads inside the building. I don't. She hasn't seen anything like this before. Yeah. But she's like, it's fine. It's just, yeah. <laughs> just part of what's going on here, I guess. <laughs> but the camera pulls back, selling the size and scope of the factory's interior as Lisa makes her way across the grades. So this was a real iron foundry that they found. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. And they said that because of the size and the scope of it, they couldn't light it properly. But I think that the green and the red lights that we see, mm -hmm. the way that they're placed, it's kind of perfect. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't think that there's a problem. But steam rises and pipes squeak as Lisa continues on. And we see Freddy's glove scrape its blades against metal. Lisa reaches out to a pipe for some reason, burning herself. <laughs> it's like, it's steaming. Why would yeah. you do that? <laughs> it's getting too hot. <laughs> Can someone turn down this pipe? <laughs> she, she only did it because Nancy did it in the first time. It's a little homage. Yeah, I don't know. I guess. Right. <laughs> but she keeps walking and suddenly she crouches down and unties the bandage on her leg. 
She finds the wound underneath, crawling with bugs, so she frantically smashes and swipes them away. The camera settles on her frightened face, but when it dips back down to the wound, it's revealed that she never untied the bandage. That's cool. Yes. Yeah. This I like. Oh, yeah. yeah. I want, bring more dream stuff, dude. Like, yeah. I thought that's what this was, but you got a pool party <laughs> chaos. I don't know. Belisa walks up a set of stairs, the camera following beneath her, showing her surrounded by red and green light as she climbs a ladder. So I thought red and green, Freddie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. But before she climbs up completely, a rat crawls feverishly for her. And in tight shots, it's revealed that the rat is a monster. A hero cat leaps into the proceedings, <laughs> vanquishing the rat. But when he turns to face Lisa, he is also... <laughs> <laughs> what in the itchy scratchy? <laughs> what the fuck? I don't know why the cat's also a monster. Because literally, <laughs> the rat like roars at her. Yeah. And then the cat jumps out of nowhere. It's like, yeah, hero mm-hmm. cat. And then he's like... Wow. <laughs> he's like what? <laughs> don't trust him. What is going <laughs> Come on. You, can't, you can't trust anybody no. at, at the foundry. Yeah. Never let them know your next move. Do you think that cat hangs out with the rat from, from Dusseldorf? <laughs> they're, yeah, they're buddies, man. I, I didn't know if this was a toxic waste factory. If yeah. We, we build all of our toxic waste here. Uh, I did. The thing that I was hinting at mm-hmm. is the designer that was in charge of these okay including the dog babies or whatever Mm -hmm. (laughs) he said flat out he goes i was working on aliens at the exact same time didn't really pay attention to these (gasps) wow (laughs) straight up (laughs) he just like i phoned that shit in he's like in the cat's a monster too i don't don't fucking know And it's funny in the documentary they show him working on a xenomorph and he's smiling so big. <laughs> he's like, "This is my passion. <laughs> this right here." <laughs> Belisa runs away and, in her haste, trips, crashing through the grates and holding on for dear life. But when the camera pulls back, it's revealed that the walkway never broke and she just sits there holding her arms up on a bar. It's very embarrassing. <laughs> there's no broken floor in this thing no. it's all fucking mind power <laughs> please don't <laughs> but Lisa rises to her feet composing herself but as soon as she turns to keep walking she runs right into Freddy he roars at her and she tries to run away but she only reaches a dead end Freddy pursues her holding out his arms and telling her to come to him he drags his blades across the railing as Lisa calls out to Jesse, begging him to stop Freddy. But Freddy insists that Jesse is dead. She continues to cry, and Freddy slices her shoulder for good measure. It's kind of rude at this point. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that was payback for when she tried to stab him. Probably. No, like, this okay. is what that feels like. <laughs> but Freddy raises his bladed finger, and Lisa hears Jesse call her name from somewhere. She then says what appears to be the magic words. I love you, Jesse. Freddie lowers his hand and blood begins to pour out of the wound where Lisa attempted to stab him earlier. He's overcome with shock and Lisa runs away from him, but he calls out to her, stumbling. He weakly holds out his hand, telling her to come back to him, followed by a cackle. It's like, so you're not... <laughs> so you're good! <laughs> you're terrorizing me or what's, what's happening? But Lisa tells Freddy that she isn't afraid of him. She says that Jesse is in there and she wants him back. She says she's going to take him away from Freddy and Freddy is going to go straight back to hell. 
Freddie once again insists that Jesse is dead, but he's very, very unconvincing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're getting really less and less convincing. <laughs> he goes, no, no, Jesse's dead. <laughs> I don't believe you. You're lying. Yeah. <laughs> but Lisa tells Jesse to come back to her and that she loves him. Freddie crumbles to the ground and goes to slash at Lisa, but he's too weak and Lisa overpowers him. She says that Freddie can't hold Jesse and that he can get out. Freddie says Jesse will die with him. He'll die with both of them. But Lisa just takes off Freddie's hat and kisses him on the lips. I didn't see it going that way. No, no. that was bold. What are we? You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Freddie pushes her away, lightning striking around them. Valves unscrew on their own, smoke rises, and a trail of fire travels across the railing around them. Lisa watches as Freddy catches fire, screaming through the flames, and his face begins to melt. So this was the other thing that Jaeger was talking about. Mm -hmm. They built an elaborate melting sequence yeah. where his entire face melts. You see each part of his skull fall off. Yeah, yeah. Damn. Everything. But then whenever it comes time to watch the film, you see how much we see of it. Right. Yeah. Barely anything. And what we do see looks great. It does. Yeah. I want to see more. Oh, yeah. yeah. That, I would be very mad. Mm -hmm. They didn't have to do Freddy like that. Though. Well, no. Right. No, I was like, you were just playing with fire at the barbecue and now you're crying and melting. Like, yeah. what happened? It's so like, I don't want to say anticlimactic, but kind of. It This whole final battle or whatever just goes very quickly. It does. And it happens in such a way that I, it kind of isn't satisfying. Yeah. yeah. But um, it, does, it did remind me because when he's playing with fire and he's loving it, and then I think of him in Freddy versus Jason where he's like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> the second he sees a little bit of fire. Yeah. So it's like, are you afraid of it? Do you love Do you it? Do you love it? Do you control it? You have your materia equipped? Yeah. <laughs> but Lisa just cries as Freddy's corpse tumbles over dead, the flames subsiding. And suddenly, Freddy's arm starts to move. He rolls over, and as music rises, he tears off his charred face to reveal Jesse. I'm very confused. <laughs> yeah. Like you were in there How the whole that, time. <laughs> so he ate him? Uh, yes. <laughs> but he was also born of him. But then oh. Yeah. Is it like a nesting doll? Yes. Sure. All right. Yeah. yeah. We're just going to keep going. <laughs> just get past it. Relief washes over Lisa, who rushes over to embrace Jesse, who has clearly been through a lot. Yeah, and he's probably facing some very serious legal charges <laughs> yeah. after tonight. I put in here, I said he still killed those guys, by yeah. the way. Yeah, no shit. Because, <laughs> I mean, I mean. He did. <laughs> but Lisa goes to Jesse and looks at him for a moment before embracing him and holding him as she cries. We then cut to some indistinct time later the school bus pulling in front of Jesse's house to pick him up for school. He steps out with his mother, both of them in jovial spirits. Cheryl kisses her son on the cheek and tells him to have a good day. His arms covered in bandages underneath his shirt, he pumps his fists as he gets onto the bus. He sits down right next to Lisa, and behind them, Carrie laughs, remarking to Lisa that that was a really great party. I was like, so this is the next day? Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? Now get your ass to school. <laughs> yeah. But I, immediately I'm like, they don't ride the bus. No, yeah. they don't. That's true. That should have been a clue. Yeah. yeah. But Jesse says that he can't believe that it's all over. And Lisa asks him not to talk about it. The bus then hits a bump and Jesse starts to get a little nervous, asking if anyone else realizes that the bus is going too fast. Lisa and Carrie try to put his mind at ease, but Jesse isn't hearing it. He rises from his seat, saying that the bus is going even faster now, and screams for the driver to stop. 
Jesse, you're embarrassing the hell out of me. <laughs> <laughs> Told everyone you were cool. Please. <laughs> but we watch as the bus driver does stop to pull over and pick up people at the next stop. Everything's pizza, and Lisa just gets Jesse to sit down. He apologizes for the outburst, and everyone understands. But Carrie tells him that it's okay, because it's all over. Out of nowhere, Freddy's hand pierces through Carrie's chest as Jesse and Lisa scream. There was an edit. We saw it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was funny to me because I was like, damn, Carrie is all up in their business. <laughs> yeah. She's like leaned over. the. I was like, OK, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> and it better be OK. You just seen all that shit I went through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you I'm allowed an outburst. If I have a little panic attack, you can help me. This is if this is the next day, we're still <laughs> yeah. we're still working through a lot. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot to talk about. But this is when the bus takes a detour off-road, just like Jesse's nightmare at the beginning of the film, and Freddy laughs. I took it that this was Freddy's revenge. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Maybe. (laughs) We're going to do it all over again. (laughs) All right, okay. But we fade to black, and the credits roll. So, what did you guys think of A Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2, Freddy's Revenge? I really enjoyed this movie. I know there's a lot of uh, inconsistencies when it comes to Freddy's abilities or what's going on with him. and, and uh, But I, I'm not going to lie. I don't mind giving him a little more freedom to do whatever the fuck he wants. Um, he is different than Michael Myers and Jason. Not saying that he should have the freedom to do whatever the fuck, but I mean, <laughs> he does need to be able to talk. He does need to be able to say something to kind of give the bitches and the whatever. And um, so I really enjoyed that this was a little more than what we got in the the first movie. The first movie is obviously better, Mm -hmm. but this movie is a fun time and I enjoyed the shit out of it. I agree. It was a lot of fun. Um, My issues, again, it comes down to two major ones. The first being that there's not enough Freddie mm-hmm. and the second being that I don't know what the fuck Freddie is capable, <laughs> <laughs> is capable and not capable of doing I feel like we had established some pretty defined rules in the original mm-hmm. and I feel like this took it to a completely different place with really no explanation as to how and why we're being taken to this other place um, I think that Robert England as always is fantastic I think that Mark Patton, again, was really, really compelling mm-hmm. and really vulnerable as Jesse. He yeah. was feeling his feelings. Like, yeah. He went fucking through every spectrum of emotion. And I really appreciated that. I liked that, you know, Lisa was smart, I guess, up until the end. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm just like, exactly what did the ending mean? Are they all dead? Is this a bad dream? Is he just coming back? Like, how much time has passed? <laughs> I don't fully understand what's happening at the end. But again, it's it's a fun ride. You just really, really, and I cannot stress this enough, you cannot look at it too closely. You can't ask too many questions. Was it a confusing situation to see Freddy Krueger fucking up that pool party? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Was it also a blast? absolutely this is a very weird mixed bag where i'm like none of this should be happening but i'm laughing and having a good time while it while it is happening so i mean yeah this was a lot of fun again 
my major issue is that it it breaks its own established rules. But um, it's hard not to give Freddie leeway. Like you said, it's hard to be like, Freddie, now, you know, goddamn well, you can't be doing that. Like (laughs) that has not been established. But I mean, overall, it is fun. And I I see a lot that it's called the worst one. Yeah. But I did not come away from this saying, oh, my God, that was shitty. I came away from it like y'all tried it. (laughs) (laughs) You pushed some things, but overall, it's a fun time. I think that's fair. When I think of A Nightmare on Elm Street, the first one, I, I think, honestly, I think that that film is excellent. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And this one, I think it doesn't reach, it probably doesn't go over good for me mm-hmm. to a great. Mm-hmm. But I think it is because of that exact reason is I really appreciated the rules that were established for Freddy. Yeah. yeah. Because when you have these rules, it's like, okay, so this is what you do. And I understand that. And then if that character does this, then that means that this happens. Yeah. And it you it, you buy in. Right. And for me, it's really hard to buy in when it's like, oh, I guess these kids who have never heard of him and aren't afraid of him at all are just getting butchered at a pool party. Yeah, it's yeah. Like a, <laughs> oh, he's flipping the table. Oh, okay. Cool. <laughs> oh, they're, they're your children now. Okay. <laughs> Whatever you say. Whatever that means. Um, and then it's, it's interesting to me as well. He is defeated in the first film by Nancy realizing that you aren't afraid of him. Mm-hmm. And that's what works. But in this film, it's a kiss. It's love. It's love. Because when she's like, I love you, he's like, oh, I'm bleeding. (laughs) (laughs) But I think that this film is maligned in ways that it doesn't deserve. Yeah. And I think that it is better than a lot of people make it out to be. But I just, I mean, for me, it's it's your standard uh, 80s slasher sequel. Yeah. And that's fine. Yeah. Like, it doesn't need to be more than that. It's not to me. I don't think it's amazing or anything. Right. And I have plenty of sequels in mind that I appreciate more. Mm-hmm. And I don't even really know how much I'll revisit this one, but it's not one to skip. No, not mm-hmm. at all. You don't need to go straight to Dream Warriors. Yeah. And you don't need to uh, say that it's terrible either. Yeah. But I guess we can head right into ratings. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of fun with this movie. It's kind of one to just watch and just watch. Yeah. <laughs> like that's about it. The second you start digging apart lit- anything, Mm-hmm. You pull one thread <laughs> of that striped sweater and you're fucked. Yeah. It's all unraveled. <laughs> but I mean, it's it's good. I, I think Mark Patton does a fantastic job. Mm-hmm. I think that um, the music is good. Yeah. Yeah. Some of the shots are good. Some of the lighting. Mm-hmm. Um, you put a blast of red light in your film and I'm like, hold on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think some of the sequences are good. The effects, uh, Freddie being born out of Jesse's chest. Yeah. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. And I mean, look, of course, you look, you're going to see the seams. Yeah. But for 1985, that looked goddamn good. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. So let's, I mean, it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> but the negative side, as we said, it's those moments of the rule breaking. It's genuinely, um, <laughs> and I know it's funny to say this about A Nightmare on Elm Street, but it's it's illogical. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just, just the the <laughs> the full on betrayal of the rules that you set up in the first film. Yeah, and sleep really not mattering. No. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it, it's a fun time. I I think uh, one of the negatives for me as well is the editing. How quickly some scenes end. 
Yeah. Yeah, it is jarring a few times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it messes with the pacing because you don't know what you should be feeling. Yeah. yeah. I think Jesse is at the foundry with Lisa and it turns out that he's been home for maybe days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's scaring the shit out of his sister. <laughs> so it's like, oh, all right. I guess I'm scared now. Uh, so, you know, I mean, it's it's uneven, but it's it's not bad. And I, I don't think that it should be seen that way. Right. Personally. Mm-hmm. But for me, out of 10 sweaty sleepwalks, I am going to give A Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2, Freddy's Revenge, 6.5 sweaty sleepwalks out of 10. I would give it a 6, but I feel like there are some really good moments with the effects mm-hmm. that are interesting and that should be applauded. Uh but that pool party, man. <laughs> <laughs> that hurt. It. That hurt a lot. Uh, but I will now open the floor to you. Um, no, I I completely agree. Um, there was a lot that they, I guess, didn't follow through from the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, I'm not gonna lie. I'll be completely honest with you. I fucking love this movie. <laughs> I was very surprised at how good this movie was, and I didn't remember a lot of it mm-hmm. but i did remember like key moments um but man this was a fun ride i feel like and it's maybe it's just me but i feel like a lot of the fun and silliness of it kind of overshadowed the inconsistencies for me okay um i i he did look funny trying to like <laughs> corral all those kids in the pool area and i was like come on dude i would have liked a little more maybe because uh, you're boiling the water you're setting the fences electric or whatever why couldn't you make any other illusion happen why couldn't you anything yeah um but i mean I did enjoy him talking more or when we did get him, I did enjoy the brains that like, Oh yeah. I was like, this is fucking great. Mm -hmm. I keep doing this. Mm -hmm. Keep doing it. Um, it is weird. And, uh, like them, the editing and all that, it, it does feel weird at a lot of times. I'm not going to lie though, man. I wouldn't even mind watching this again. Like I really thought, uh, it was, I really thought that I just didn't remember a lot of it. Right. Because reading articles and seeing that about people, whatever. But Mark Patton, man, this movie's great. Mm -hmm. He did exactly what he needed to do in the role. Uh, Him, I know he was 27 when he did it, made this movie. But him being a teenage boy scared, trying to figure out what the fuck's going on. He's being possessed. He did what he's (laughs) supposed to do. He went through a lot. He, He did. He did what he was supposed to do. Yeah. And he did great. Um, but I, I like, I, like you said, T, I would recommend people to watch the movie, give it a, give it a watch, check it out. Um, I will say this before I give my score, I am a Freddie and Chucky apologist, so I will make (laughs) excuses for them, but I love this movie and I can't remember what I gave the first movie. Um, but I think for me and I think watching it and liking it as much as I did, so I think I think I got a score. Okay. I think I'm gonna go well, with what. <laughs> uh, so for me, on a scale of one to ten, sweaty sleepwalks, I'm gonna give a Nightmare on Elm Street a seven point five. 
I really enjoyed the shit out of this movie. Yeah, I thought I that thought, you were gearing up for a 10. Yeah. <laughs> uh, not, well, I, I want to see what the rest of them have. If I yeah. can come back and change it, I okay. will. But right now, I don't. I know. I remember a little bit of Dream Wars, but I don't remember the whole plot of it. Right. I know there's more and there's more shit going on. So when we get into those, I might change my score to, the, you know, to this one. Mm-hmm. It can only go up. But for any <laughs> look, for anybody to say this was the worst one, for me, my opinion, that's bullshit. Well, don't yeah. the sequels get like wild? Yeah. Yes. Oh no, yeah. So let's. So for you, the, yeah, the doesn't follow rules, whatever, blah, whatever the fuck. It's a goddamn nightmare monster. He's a, yeah. he's a, he's a, he's he's trying to kill you. I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah, I get it, and we do want to follow the rules. But I feel like if this is the birth of the silly Freddy, I'm all for it. Yeah. Like I want it. Well, that's uh, that's hard to follow. Um, <laughs> no, but I, I mean, I, I agree with what y'all said. It's a, it's a lot of fun. It was not at all what I was expecting going into it. I can see why people were pissed off solely based on the fact that this, these are not the rules that right. we established <laughs> and defined in the first one, and that does bother me. But it was also really fun seeing what they did with it. Um, a lot of the effects, the eye, yeah, him coming out, like I mean, it it looked really, really fucking cool. Mm-hmm. And again, if you just don't think about it, mm-hmm. I don't remember Dream Warriors very well, so I'm excited to see where we, how we go from this to the third one, like what the transition is. If I'm not mistaken, and I don't, I don't want, so don't quote me on this, but I do remember some of Dream Warriors. I hope that it lives up to what, what I remember, remember to this. Because if not, I'll be quick to say this is better than the third one. A lot of what I've heard is that a lot of people say Dream Warriors is the best of the franchise. Yeah, I know we have some requests for it. Yeah. And I now I've I've never seen Dream Warriors. Right. And so all I know is from what I've read and from what I've heard. Yeah, yeah. But the one thing that it seems that I thought was really lacking in this film is dream sequences. Yes. Yeah. And that excites me a lot. That's yeah. what I feel like to me, that's what makes Freddy scary. Mm-hmm. And so that this movie was not really scary to me because I didn't really get that. Right. But it was fun. It was a hell of a lot of fun. Um, the brain. Yeah. Come on. Like, <laughs> yeah, that was good. That lo- that was great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Why wasn't the snake a dream though? I don't yeah, know. No, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Should have been. There were yeah. So- yeah. <laughs> I, again so many questions but if you ask them then you know you're pulling up that thread and yeah. the sweater has unraveled mm-hmm. but this is a turn your brain off and just have fun and watch freddy really get the room to do his fucking thing mm-hmm. um before i wrap up my little piece or whatever i do want to say i cannot recommend watching that scream queen documentary enough yes mm-hmm. it is on to be for free right now so you really have no excuse just watch it um lots of uh love to mark Patton, mm-hmm. and again just one more dig at david chaskin oh, yeah. um at best a liar and a coward and at worst a very disgusting and homophobic individual um but i would say allegedly but i mean no it's in print we've got, quotes. Yeah, he, yeah. <laughs> we've got direct <laughs> quotes um but again mark Patton, just nothing but love um so to wrap it all up on a scale from one to ten Sweaty sleepwalks. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> I am going to give 
A Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2, Freddy's Revenge. <laughs> Seven out of ten sweaty sleepwalks. I feel like we were all around the same ballpark. Mm-hmm. Um, because it is, it, it's a it's a really mixed bag of a lot of fun and a lot of <laughs> confusion. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, that's all from us at Podmortem. What would you rate A Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2 Freddy's Revenge? And what should we watch next? Let us know on Twitter at the Podmortem. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and like us on Facebook. Be sure to follow each of us on Twitter at TravisMWH, at Blood and Smoke, and at RealStreeter84. Thank you again to Original Cinematic for sponsoring this week's episode. Please consider pledging to our Patreon and stay tuned until after the music for a special thank you to our Wendigo Gitter patrons. And remember, what seems like a good deal in the present could turn out to be a real nightmare in the future. Until next time. Thank you for staying tuned. We want to give a very special thank you to all of our Wendigo Getter patrons. Woo! Yeah! Yeah. It's perfect. We did it! (laughs) A special thank you to Chris Ontiveros, Kristen Lofton, Megan Martinez, Kimberly Bass, Sophie Hodson, Anthony Jerome M., Jordan Nash, Kent Morton, Lala Thomas, Travis and Nisa Hunter, Miguel Myers ATX, Jennifer Perez, Allison O'Neill, Carissa, TJ and Angie Bronson, Spooky Mom, Andy Teague, Applin Ontiveros, Karima Rhodes, Antonio Huerta, Kimberly Kleindienst, Will Brown, Sydney Smith, Osvaldo Soto, Bobby Holmes, Donna Eason, J.D. Rizak, Molly Gerhardt, Armand Spasto, Aaron Aguirre, Eggy, William Barry, Brittany Ramatar, Charity Oxner, Amanda Six, Mandy Rainwater, Eden, Jordan Roberts, Dylan, Melissa Sierra, Holly Bryan, Jordan Blevins, Liz Heath, Spencer Montalvo, Pancake the Panda, John Ramos, Michael Newding, Alexis Roberts, Dan Laveau, Itzy M, Gary Horton, Leisha Olivier, Kate Lamp, Carlos and Sydney, Jessica Hunter, Helena Rudder, Alan Johnston, Mariah, Livy Fun, Mandy M, Scott Troutman Wise, Towton Watson, Mozzie Bear, Brittany G, Dave Burke, Adrian Stakes, Nick Spill, Emma Hagel Kissinger, Valerie G, Emiliana, Brian Glass, CB, Maya Noches, Taylor Santana, Will Lewison, Angelique, Smelly Poo Poo Head, Beth Bauer, Cookie, Esperanza J, Jason Cow OKC, Joshua Rumley, Danielle Peralta, Brandon, Nicholas Carter, Sawyer Reese Farr, Dr. Diva Loves Horror, Girl That's Scary, Cassandra, Andrea Simmons, Ashley Higuera, William and Zena Rush, Ryan Brom, Megan Ochoa, Laura Lassiter, Natalie de Guzman, Eileen O, Marissa E, Sydney, Henry F, Megan M, Christy Beck, Nancy and Andy, Amanda Lopez, Andy Terrell, Jason Hanavan, ML Tafoya, Abigail Spitzer, Katie K, Erica Morin, Cameron S, Nicole Stewart, Tris Wynn, K.87, Mariah Jensen, Carrie A, Lonnie Lono, Powell, Kayla E, Maggie H, Fernando Dominguez, Murder Stina, No Thanks Tom Hanks, Kevin McGonagall, Kristen Marcy, Ori81 Boricua, Look Like That One Girl, Bog Boy, Montez Shamwell, Felnez 63, Alita Pui, Probably My Jugs, Kate Thackeray, Josh Blackwell, Wade Peck, Charlie V, A Lizard, Bryant Watson, 
Luke Ashley, Jay Rich, and Jen Lassiter. Wow. Yeah. Yes, thank you all so much. Thank you. Thank you all. We appreciate all of your continued support. We want you all to know that you folks are a real dream. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, dragged it out I, was, I knew what you were going to say and I was still leaned forward. <laughs> <laughs> Until next time.